I got a story for you. He's a truth seeker and speaker that came to see the light after breaking his pelvis at 19. Because listeners, we all know that the haze of anesthesia will clear one's mind. And he now lives alone in 240 square feet of refurbished woods built by his own man hands and is not afraid to let his newfound truths be heard. But before you hear them, a word from today's sponsor, my boy, the original, AndrePsyche.com. AndrePsyche.com is a cute, quaint, corner store boutique with all sorts of neat and original merchandise you had no idea existed because AndrePsyche.com is tucked away in the northwest part of the internet. Let me give you a little preview of the plethora of potential purchases available for your perusals. <gasps> Literature, clothing, painting, prints, accessories, music. I hear my man has a new song out. Poetry or any custom gift that your soul would desire because Andre, after all, is a freelance creator extraordinaire. So go to AndrePsyche.com and see what speaks to you because each and every item has a story behind it. Nothing is just made. Everything is simply created on AndrePsyche.com. We are also brought to you by this podcast, the Getting to Know You Pod. Please do us a favor. We need and appreciate your support. So take a moment right now and push the subscribe button, whether you're listening to us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever app you happen to open. And if you're going to go through all that trouble, Take one more step. Rate and review the pod, especially on Apple. Now I know what you're thinking. You're like, wow, I've done these two things. Can I do some more? <laughs> you sure can. How else can you support this podcast? You can go to Patreon, that is P-A-T-E-R-O-N.com, and search Getting to Know You Pod, it's all one word, to become a subscriber. You can also friend and follow the pod. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's getting to know you pod. Again, all one word. And finally, we are looking for sponsors and advertisers. So if you or someone you know has a business or brand and would like to expand your market reach, consider partnering with us. We get to know people from all around the world. The podcast is downloaded in damn near 40 countries at this point, And I think fucking 45 of the states in America. I'm not sure about Puerto Rico. Actually, I am. We're in there, though it's not a state. So if you or someone you know are looking to get more traffic to your site, more followers on your social, more purchases of your products, more clicks on your whatever, just message us. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely and doggone it. my cup of tea. On today's show, we are getting to know Josh. Josh from the Lone Star State, who is kind enough to reschedule um, for my convenience. Thank you so much, Josh, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. appreciate you for reaching out. And it's funny because I'm to the point now where 
I'm trying to hit people's, I'm trying to get up with people in messages and then hit them in their comments so that they don't think it's like spam because I'm sending links and stuff. And I'm, sure. I'm curious what you thought. Was it the comment that got your attention, the message that got your attention, or you're just looking for attention and happy to give it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was the, the message that caught my attention. And, and really, I wouldn't say I'm looking for attention. I cannot help myself sometimes in, uh, in putting my two cents out there is, I guess, the more more hardcore truth of the matter. Gotcha. Um, and, and if that attracts attention, then so be it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's funny. It's one of the things that I try to look for um, when I'm looking at the comments. And I think, was it Lauren Witzke? Was that one of the posts? Yes. Yeah, which yes. I didn't realize you lived in Texas. Like she's she's actually been on the podcast. She was kind enough to give me some of her time when she was running. Um, and she's from Delaware, which is when I found out you're in Texas, I was just surprised that a comment from a person in Texas was on her page or on her post. Oh, well, I had just seen her on a, uh, I guess, uh, slightly offensive is that guy's, uh, he's got a podcast there and she was on there and I just, I, I liked some of the opinions she had and, uh, she seemed a lot more, uh, uh, hardcore, I guess, or at least more, uh, assertive. She's, in, she's uh, firm, yeah, she's firm. Sure, she's firm and, as but that, you know that's one thing is at least she's not a coward, uh, and that's something that uh, it's very rare. So at least I was like, oh, I'll give you a follow, and then you know I just sometimes you see some things. And I'm like, well, you know, a lot of people they talk about you know what should be and how things should be, and it would be so much better this way. And but the reality is they're not living that reality, and, and you know. It, not yet in her case, and and that's fine. But it's from my perspective, I'm sitting here going, I agree. But at the same time, it's like you, you gotta show us, show the people. Uh, anyways, so yeah, that's it, just kind of my. No, yeah, and I'm. I don't remember your exact comments. I just remember it looked like a paragraph on my phone. You know, so it was clearly. <laughs> and what happens is you'd say like, okay, man, if you're comfortable enough posting, you know, comments almost a paragraph, then you're probably comfortable enough coming on a podcast and just talking and express, letting, letting people get to know you and expressing your views and opinions. So I thought that's kind of what I'm looking for. And it was neat to uh, actually get the response, man. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. you know, I saw, I saw you messaged me. I was like, you know, and I, I, I look, I saw that the comment, uh, afterwards and I was like, okay, that's what triggered the message. So I was like, what triggered this message? And then I was like, oh, okay. Um, and that's kind of, you know, where I used to live before uh, that would happen. Uh, I was on, uh, it was a few years back, but I, I got off Facebook years ago. And when I was on there, though, you know, you get on those community pages and the local news would want to <laughs> interview you for, you know, just nonsense on uh, the local community pages. I don't know if that's oh, commonplace really? in your area, but, uh, I'm you know, in the larger towns or not, but yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, I, I had no idea that that's a thing. So you, what, it's like, a what thing, kind of group? Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing, man. It, it's but you know, I, I was I was tickled pink. I was entertained by it. So, and uh, did you? Know, you yeah. So. Did you actually get like you were interviewed on a local paper based on the yeah. Facebook group? No, tell me, give me the story. <laughs> what happened? I mean, it ranged from you know uh, parking issues to river access issues to 
dam river, like dam on the river issues to you name it, basically. Uh, it's, it was a myriad of things. And there, you know, anyways, I'm just the type of guy, I'm, I've, I've owned my own business, I've run my own ship, and uh, you know, that gives me the freedom to, you know, whip out my own instant blue and uh, on the internet do a quick scroll. And I'm opinionated, so I'm going to let my opinions be known, uh, at least on the internet. And uh, <laughs> it's the truth, at the very least. It's not something that, it's not something that I'm just trying to bloviate or blow smoke up people's butts, but it's more along the lines of, you know, orienting yourself to the truth, the highest truth, really, and then speaking it. And in this case on the internet, which is in a lot of ways more dangerous than just speaking it to somebody in private, because these, those are permanent in a lot of ways. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. And it's genuine. It's not, I'm, it's just, it's, it's a genuine opinion. I live out in the country. This it's, I'm seeing stuff, the world through the internet in a lot of ways, especially in the large cities all across the country. And it's just, uh, it's not good. So that's just, yeah, you know, have the courage to at least speak the truth and express, you know, the truth, not just an opinion, but like the, that opinion is just littered in truth, basically. Yeah. Well, you would hope most opinions hope. are right. <laughs> littered in truth. Say that again. I said you would hope most opinions are littered in truth. It'd be weird if you right, had yeah. opinions based on like falsehoods and terrible narratives. Well, the, the thing is, is you can believe you're speaking the truth, but a lot of the times I, I run a lot of my worldview and life based on first principles, understanding the fundamentals of things before really getting into the things. And if you can understand first principles of you know, most, most things, you can understand those first principles, the fundamentals of how something works, thermodynamics, you know, aerodynamics, fluid dynamics, whatever it is, those ideas extrapolate way up the ladder of complexity. And that makes you a lot more valuable, a lot more capable, uh, giving you confidence. And that's just, my whole point is, is basing my worldview off first principles. It, I, in my opinion, a lot of things I used to believe were the truth were not the truth. And it's very jarring and there's a lot of cognitive dissonance that goes along. I mean, we see this every single day and, and, you know, videos across the United States of people yelling at each other in their face and calling them all sorts of names. There's a lot of cognitive dissonance going on because there's a lot of different realities, not just two different realities, but a lot of different realities. Um, so anyways, yeah. I, yeah. I've never heard is first principles like an actual thing I've, I've never heard that before i've never heard anyone use that I, I i'm not sure if it's like an official thing but it's just basically understanding the fundamentals uh, first okay uh, i you can also what you know i'm not going to say i'm 100 percent just bottom up but i'm also it, there's also ways to learn things top down for like when it comes to new technology or if there's like a new cnc machine yeah i'm gonna go ahead and get that thing and i'm gonna right, learn right. that whole process from the top down gotcha. but when it comes to more basic things uh morality uh you know i don't even know what word for it oh well, and actually yeah integrity you know those things and i understand it's that's that's a little bit different than you know aerodynamics and fluid dynamics and such but at the same time um those first principles of understanding what is the basis, what is the foundations of, let's say, morality or integrity, you know, doing right when no one's looking type of situation. Uh, uh, most people are have no 
they have no understanding of those foundations. And that also goes into, you know, of course, entire worldviews. Is morality rel- uh, relative or is morality absolute? That's the world. Those are the two kind of dichotomies that we're in right now where there's a lot of moral relativism going on. And that's just fundamentally untrue and it's destructive and you can see it. And give me an uh, example. Um, So, and just, I'd never thought about this and I want to get an example of the morality thing that you believe. But when, as soon as you said the fundamental principles, for some reason, Einstein popped in my head about equal and opposite reactions, right? So for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And I'm listening to you and in my head, I'm thinking, I'm like, holy shit, dude, I think that's like a foundational principle of mine. I believe that. And I've never thought about it in like how you're describing thermodynamics. Well, it can apply to your life. You're like, what? Well, drag or air. and And you start thinking about it and you're like, I guess if I understood more about physics, I think I, it would boil down to they affect my world beliefs. I'm well, yeah, I, and I would say, you know, from where I'm coming from, it's more along the lines of you know, understanding in, I, I understand God's creation. Uh, and when you say, you know, equal and, like, equal and opposite reaction, I think dipolar universe. I think, you know, there's, there's dipole, two poles. There's north and a south. There are these two opposite forces or excuse me, they're, yeah, they're opposite forces that I think, anyways, I, it's hard for me to articulate. I have a long day, but the point <laughs> being is it's just a lot of this. Yes, that does affect your life. And my point is, is understanding that all of that comes from one God, one creation. And, uh, you know, you, you have whatever opinions you have, but I would recommend uh, a book by a physicist. His name is Bernard Heisch, and it's just and a few essays. It's not like a, a super long book or anything, but it's called the God Theory, and it's not like an absolute thing, but it's good for most modern folks who may or may not believe in in God or or any of that uh, to get an understanding of actually this the science is that the understanding and science is just a, a, a process. To get to get to the truth, trying to, your best to get as precise truth as possible using the most spe- precision instruments you can. <laughs> yeah, because at uh, some, it, it, a lot of people will go like, "Well, you're either scientific or you're religious, right?" And like they'll they'll be they'll sometimes faith will be that great divide. And I think of science, and I think of just even attraction. Right. Like why the hell is how does a nucleus stay together <laughs> in an element? Right. Like there's there's some faith in just knowing that these particles are going to react this certain way. And I feel like a little bit of what you're saying. I yeah, I, I wonder now I'm getting clunky with my words and I haven't had it as long of a day as you. But what I'm That's thinking okay. is like it's cool to try to merge science and put it with some faith stuff to put it with religion. Instead of almost sure. looking at them as enemies, I think that's the more truth, though. I think that's a false. Di- the false dichotomy is to separate, say, your religion and science, right. because that keeps you isolated. That keeps you limited. Uh, the founders of this country were polymaths. Polymath just means you're 
a quote-unquote expert in multiple fields. In my opinion, it's your genuine curiosity, which takes you down the rabbit hole, so to speak, of any subject. And it's dependent. Your quote-unquote IQ, your intelligence, is determinant on your curiosity, your genuine curiosity in a thing, whatever that thing is, or it could be many things, but it, the depth of that curiosity is on each thing basically is the determining factor of how intelligent you'll be, how competent you will end up being doing those, acting those things out, you know, however, you know, what you want to apply that to. Uh, but the founders were polymaths. The people who really built this country, you know, they were farmers are polymaths in a lot of ways. They're engineers, they're mechanics, like they're all sorts. They're now, nowadays they're computer scientists. They're having yeah. to hack into their own equipment just to fix it. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. I've heard some so, crazy stories so about the, that. Yeah. And my, and the point is, is the society is set up where you have, it's drilled into your brain. You have, you can only just pick one thing and that thing you have just, Go all the way with it. Well, you you can go all the way with multiple things. That's it's so limiting. And I understand, you know, mastering one thing. That's awesome for sure. But there's only so many positions, let's say, slots that can be filled by those specialties. And if you're just pumping the market, which is what we're doing, with people that are only specialized in one specific area that is not highly yeah. sought out after the in the marketplace because there's so many other people specialize in that exact same thing. Yeah, you have all this nonsense. People are not competent and it's because these false dichotomies lies in my opinion, I guess, you know, learning about a lot of the things that we grew up hearing being taught fundamentally untrue. And you're capable of so much more just based on your curiosity. What do you and mean? if you follow that, yeah, I'm sorry. No, 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 dude. Go, go on a rant. I, I, I enjoy rants because it, it allows me to think and get to know you. I'm curious, what do you mean? What's one of the like things that you feel growing up was kind of a lie? Well, one of those was the religion versus science. Oh, okay. That's just a great example. It's because learning about God's creation and fundamentally understanding it, and the more you understand it, the closer, you're, closer you get, you, the more and and here's just a, an example. When you see photos from like Hubble Space Telescope, whatever it is from space, and if you see when you see those photos on your even on your small phone screen, is it not awe-inspiring? You go, wow, that's great, that's cool, right? It's funny. At this point in my life, I'm like, was it staged? Is that in some canyon in sure. Utah? <laughs> and that's a whole other thing. No, I understand. I, I I hear you. Let's just. In, in but no, short. dude, you're right. If you actually and that's, take that's the time, really sad. but let's just say, yeah, let's assume right now all of those photos are, are rendered real. Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, and, have you ever tried, and I'm sure you have, but I'm thinking like how many people have not even tried just getting on a ladder and getting to the top of their roof of a two story house, right? Like some people sure. that that's a trek. And then you think about fucking something landed on Mars and not only did it land on Mars, it sent images back. How the hell can right. that happen? And then how can Mars even look like that? How can it be so similar to Earth? It's a, it, it is, it, it is awe-inspiring. I was just being And that's the, the more you know, and the point, the point is fundamentally is the more you get to know about 
reality in the universe and the more we're able to go reach out and touch things yeah man you appreciate you're it keep getting it you're, you're more you're all inspired and yeah. it's just that's in the face of god's creation we can and, and it's like biblical it's like you can't help but be all inspired and we can only see you know a, a, a this limited re- like we can only see so small of the visual spectrum that it's it's a way to compartmentalize and allow us to survive. And in the, in the Bible, God says that if, if he were to show his full self, if he would reveal himself fully to us, we would die. And it's just like, it's funny because if you were to tear off, you know, uh, the veils of perception, so to speak, and lift them, lift the veils of perception, remove them and just, be able to see 100% of what's going on around you. That would blow. I think about that. I mean, that's you. It's, 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 there's no words because that's something that's would probably blow your mind because there's so much going We're, we're bathed in Wi-Fi signals and, and, uh, cell phone towers. We don't see those things, but those things are all around us. There's a lot of different things all, that we do not even experience. Uh, anyways, it's just funny how those things line up because fundamentally it's true. Uh, anyways, so no, don't, you, you don't have to go. Um, anyways, or feel I'm. I again, I don't feel awkward about the ramblings. I'll interject. <laughs> uh, okay, because yeah. it, it's it's fine, man. I enjoy getting to understand how people think. I'm curious, did you? Because it seems, in my experience, it seems like people either grow up religious and then stop. Or they grow up not atheists, but not not going to church, not being religious, and then find them some Jesus. And I'm curious, do you fall into one of those two categories, or have you? Did you grow up with this strong belief, and you've just maintained it through your life? Uh, I would say it was a more naive belief when I was uh, young, but I would always, you know, essentially, you know, lay in bed and silently pray, you know, for whatever it was that I was praying, you know hoping that I get the girlfriend, you know, I think that was probably in seventh grade, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but it was still there. There was a, a fundamental relationship, um, that ultimately got eroded for sure. Mostly in due part, again, in my opinion, culture, uh, through education college. But then what brought me back, uh, was actually the psychedelic experience. And, uh, and re- yeah, that really, fundamentally opened me up and uh changed things for me and did a lot of good so i've spoken to and i'm a very linear thinker so i like um almost going through things in a timeline i don't know if that's good bad and different but it's just how my mind works but i've i've spoken to man several people who are super and all parts of the world actually super into the psychedelic making them more spiritual connection um, it, it, it's funny that I, um, keep hearing that from so many different people. I'd like to yeah. learn a little bit though, about how you feel or what happened with education in college that eroded your relationship. Cause you would think hopefully again, your eyes are opened through knowledge and you could become more appreciative of the world you're in and the miracles that are happening every day, like a seed sprouting. You're like, wow, how the fuck did that happen? Or I can just take a breath and everything, my body gets all that it needs. How does that happen? And it almost seemed like the education for you, um, 
messed with your belief a little bit. I'm curious just how that happened or what that experience was like. I would say it was just more along the lines of, uh, I'm not a group guy. I live out in the country. I'm not a group guy at all. And, uh, a lot of what happened is a lot of what's taught, frankly, again, I was, there was my opinion again, all, all this is, but yeah, a lot of falsehood and a lot of hatred is taught, especially like a historical hatred. Uh, just, I guess the point is, is the politics of today that we see all around us injected into mainstream society was really prominent when I was in school, like very prominent. And as a young man, uh, going through university, uh, you know, title nine, uh, if you know what that is, that it's essentially, if there's an accusation of rape, uh, uh, you as the man are, you're, you are guilty, presumed guilty, essentially. And that never happened to me, but that's always a fear. And there, there was also the racial, racial dynamics that's being taught. And it's something that I knew I, through my own, it, what the, the issue was what I was learning at school was, was conflicting with what I was learning through my own, my own intuition, my own research, my own critical thinking. And those conflicts fundamentally, like there's a, that cognitive dissonance causes a lot of spiritual uh, stress, I guess. Okay, I got what you're saying. I thought, and I just Googled it while you talk, and Title IX, I thought, is the sports thing. Where, that, okay, where, where maybe it's not. Opportunity. I, I don't, I'm unfamiliar with the accusation thing that you're talking about. Okay, yeah. For instance, I had a family friend. He was at university on scholarship. Uh, mom was a, his mom was a lawyer. You know, really good people, and uh, he was accused of, of rape. And I, I'm pretty sure it's Title IX. Title IX encompasses many things. Perhaps I'm wrong. Somebody's going to correct it. Uh, but whoever's out there, uh, I remember Trump ended it, and Biden, I believe, through executive order, reinstated it. Uh, it just – it's it, there's the fundamental double standard that's put into law. It, it's really harmful to everybody, not just young men, but it's harmful to everybody because it's created a world where, uh, there's more single young men and women (laughs) in their twenties and thirties and their forties than ever. And I know there's more humans than ever, but proportionally speaking, uh, more than ever. And, uh, there's a reason why there's a lot of people taking, uh, what are they called? Uh, SSRIs. You know, antidepressants. Oh, yeah. And all oh, these dude. things, all these things are all connected. And it's, there's either your foundations as a human being are based in truth and, you know, that's based in truth or it's not. And you'd know it's based in truth as if it works, in my opinion, if it works well for you, if things are going well, if you're blessed, essentially. When things are going well, you are being blessed because you are orienting yourself to the truth, to the right thing. Like that is what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, and, and, and putting drugs in your body to cope with things, uh, life, whatever it is. And I'm not just I'm specifically talking about the prescription SSRIs. 
Yeah, yeah pharmaceuticals. Well, yeah. That, so, and, those, yeah. No, dude, and I just want to, as an example, so I'm a teacher. Um, I don't know, like, we literally don't know much about each other. I don't know how much internet stalking you did of me. I scrolled through your Instagram I have no pictures. idea anything about you. Yeah, right? <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> exactly. Worry. All right, so, because I, I don't want to mansplain, but I'm a teacher, <laughs> and one one of the things that I um really bothers me is when energetic kids who tend to be young boys get put on medication to calm them down or when kids have to get extra classes because they're not great at reading and you're like well maybe he's just not into reading and you're putting this expectation of a kid to be a a whatever a, a eloquent reader and i'm like i mean the dude can read he might stumble over some words but he's not stupid do, do we want to put all this on him if he hates reading and I see it where the parents want that fix. They want what's right. And it's it's like, why do you think that's right? That Why do you think something's wrong with your kid just because they're not great at blank? They're not great at being still and paying attention to someone talk for 10 minutes. Is that bad? Do they need a pill to make them still? <laughs> like, is that is that really what you want? Or do you want to trust that something in them isn't like an instinct? And maybe just embrace that instinct and the kid would probably be a little more happier. It's something I, I grapple with often, man, is the medication, especially of kids while they're developing. That's, that's child abuse. I mean, look, <laughs> I, you, well, seriously, you spoke of Einstein. He didn't do well in school. Right. I mean, he ultimately, ultimately he did, but he struggled a lot in school. Tesla, if I'm not mistaken, struggled in school. Uh, 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 Isaac Newton. The, uh, 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 was it Michael Faraday? I don't know if his first name, I could get it wrong. Faraday, he was self-taught. The guy that literally, literally started electrodynamics, okay? <laughs> the guy that discovered induction. The, what gave us, what really helped give us everything we have. So that's, again, a, there is a lot of damage being done. Now to the, I mean, I was lucky when I was a kid. My teachers said that I needed, uh, I had ADHD and my parents asked me, do I need to go see a doctor? And I remember I was really young. I went out to shoot a basketball for like 20 minutes and I had a choice either embrace that weak feeling that there's something wrong with me and I'm going to put my fate into someone else's hands or either. And I was, or, or I was going to say, no, fuck that. I'm fine. Yeah, I can cope. And I'll I figure out a way. I don't like that lady. And the, and the lady who called my parents, I specifically didn't hurt point is her class was so boring right. it was i was very interested in biology and she was so bland and i was doing we had laptops at this time so i was doing my own biology research while she was talking in the front of the class and she thought that that she was insulted by that yeah um but anyways point is there's so many people this is happening to and at what point do they get off these drugs what happens yeah. Do you get conflicted know. at all with, and I'm not saying you do psychedelics all the time, but or do you get, were you conflicted with doing psychedelics at all? Oh, of course. It's terrified. Really? Why is that? Because I had no idea. You're like <laughs> stepping into the, the abyss. <laughs> and you take it and then an hour later, you're like, I'm not sure if this is working. And then 15 minutes after, oh my God, this is working. So the stereotype is true. A lot more true. than I could have ever possibly fathomed. 
What so, was what yes. um did did you have like a gatekeeper or someone that influenced you or how did you come across this? Is this something you seem wickedly inquisitive? So is this something you just read and you were like, wow, if I want to get in touch with my inner self, I need to go find some mushrooms? It wasn't that per se because it wasn't that coherent, but it was definitely I was, there was deep spiritual strife, and it was it was partially because I had done uh, mushrooms with a, but, a buddy of mine, and we had we, it was the first time I'd, I'd ever done it, and we had gotten some very uh, old, you know, there was black, it was just gross, and they were weak, so that's the positive thing though. It was like a very it was like dipping the toes, and okay. <laughs> you know, me and my buddy. Yeah, we were, me and my buddy had just finished high school. We were the, you know, I'm a big dude. I'm six four and change. I, I mean, I'm getting over a torn Achilles now, but you know, I was this 240 pound high school football guy. Oh, and my other buddy was another six foot two. I was like 190 pound, 200 pound, really in shape. Football. Like we were, quote unquote. I don't want to say studs, but it was just <laughs> varsity. It was a typical, you were definitely varsity. It was a typical jock. It's typical jock. And, uh, you know, dumb. I was always, you know, a curious person by, on, on my, by myself when I was at home. But, you know, I was a typical jock when I was out with the buds. And we had just finished high school, you know, with Skip Mushrooms, you know, being dumb. Like, ha, 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 I've never done it before. Let's, let's try it. And uh, at that time, and I don't know if you recognize this, but being a high school football player and aspiring to be, more, you know, being in the NFL like most young men, and uh, really injury is what prevented any type of uh, accelerated, you know, prosperity in that department. I guess uh, really forced me to reflect and reflect earlier than my friends who were more standouts, um, and then that's the colleges. Point really don't for whatever reason it's kind of crazy a lot of 5a guys in texas don't go to big colleges but they they're they're really good but they're not standouts on these 5a teams because there's so many good players mm. and that's why you see a lot of 3a uh football players in texas go to really big like terrell Pryor, for instance was a 3a texas quarterback and went to ohio state once the nfl yeah anyways uh yeah switch there positions, is a lot dude. of talk about just a kick-ass athlete how do you spend all oh, these yeah, years no, being I mean, a quarterback special guy. And, I didn't and know people, if you were familiar with Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no. yeah dude. For real. And so that, that's someone where you're like, Oh, he's a bust. He couldn't make it as quarterback. He's like, he's a fucking professional athlete who was able to get drafted in one position and switch and thrive in another. Like you don't think that takes an insane amount of athletic ability and intelligence. It has to like yeah. that, that dude. His that entire dude, day, his entire day from like 6am to 10pm was scheduled from university to through nfl basically right like you he's 100 percent. yeah so yeah all those people are just no dumb but <laughs> uh the point is is a lot of young men and i think this is why there's a lot of addiction issues and psychological issues in young men today uh and it's not just in football it's in all it's in all areas of sports per se but there's a you're you just i didn't pay attention at all really in high school i really just focused on football i was gonna like say well, it's identity right it's the dude who's it is. 30 years old or 25 and still wearing his varsity jacket at the bar like hoping yes. to stay in that moment because he mm -hmm. wasn't inquisitive almost it's like what you were talking about earlier man if all you are is the jock and that's your single lane well what happens when there's a roadblock a speed bump or the fucking bridge collapses in that lane like where where do you go? You got nothing. 
But if you're on a freeway and you got four or five lanes, car crashes in front of you, man, you can swerve to the right, you can swerve to the left. You know, right. there, and that's where peaking that interest in kids like you, like you talked about the injury, it would have been awesome. If, if I'm hearing what you're saying, it would have been awesome to get you not only into the, the athletic aspect, but also the, the kinesthetics of movement being that large and helping you to understand right. even how to work out better or just knowing your body ligaments and muscles and different workout routines Dude, bare minimum, you're like, man, you got a gym teacher job and coaching positions waiting for you. And that can give someone a little bit of hope when they go through a hard time like an injury, when they feel their futures evaporated. Right. Yeah. And that's, and, and even in that, on, and then on top of all that, a lot of guys come out of high school or even college fully healthy, dedicated, and they're just not valuable in that marketplace. And they have to go find something else to be passionate about or get a job, you know, make money somewhere. And there, there's a lot of uh, ego shattering that's happening. There. Yeah, man. And that's Dude, an ego death that happens without the psychedelics. And it's a lot more drawn out. And it, I think that leads to the, the addiction. I think that leads to the suicide. I think that leads to the kill, all of that, all of it. I'm not, not hundred percent of it, of course, but, in just this niche of the, you know, let's talk about the high school spectrum of people and college spectrum of people in the United States, at least that hap that is, and, and that's, that's happening in the sports area, but also we're seeing that. in like I said before, all of these specialized folks who are only specialized in one thing and they were told to go to college and you will get a good job out of college, but they are coming out of college working at subway working at xyz getting paid 15 maybe 20 bucks an hour with 100 grand to 120 grand in debt and they were lied to and they were they're not for whatever reason i think a lot of it has to do with you you kind of lose your inspiration in terms of curiosity going through the institutional system because a lot of that is is a deterrent to thinking outside the box. Well, yeah, because it's all it, rubric, especially if it's standards-based, man. Like, the kids are incentivized to do well on a standardized test, so you can't be creative right. when you're scored by a rubric. And that's why I think, really, the, the only way to fix this is homeschooling kids. And, and not just, and I'm not just saying, like, individual families homeschool individual families, but, you know, you can have a neighborhood where there's, you know, a couple moms that yeah. want to couple moms or dads or whatever that want to teach the kids or, you know, they would trade off or whatever, or have, you know, yeah. Strengths and weaknesses, man. If somebody's in, if somebody's more of a math person, someone's more of a, even just basic home ec. I remember taking a home ec class, dude. And I was like, I thought I might be a professional sewer <laughs> after this one home ec class I took in high school. Cause I had never done it before. And I just got so interested in having this skill that I didn't have previously. And I can't right. sew for shit now, but I just remember being all about it for like those six weeks. It, it, it's weird looking back, but at the same time, it was empowering because I did something I wasn't familiar with. I felt success and I felt like it added to who I was as a person, believe it or not, because it was like, I don't know, you could, you could say, yeah, I can sew and you just felt good. <laughs> I don't know why I felt like I would need to have that in my bag. <laughs> like hanging out with the guys and they start talking shit and like, yeah, man, at least I can sew. Can you fucking double knit or whatever? <laughs> and 
you can touch it. It's material. It's tangible. It's yeah, in your right? hands. It's yeah. value that's sitting right there. And that's the difference between a test. That's a good like, point. Okay, I got an A, I got a B. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like that's my, my whole thing is my whole entire world is material wealth. Not just I'm not, I'm not a materialist per se. Producing wealth. Yeah. I, that's why you know I I love to. I'm interested in doing like a podcast and making one and stuff, but at the same time, I have no time. I've got so many other things I'm doing during the day. And of course you could film it all that stuff, but at the end of the day, I'm tired. I don't feel like, you know, you know, the editing and all the, the hours editing. required and all that, Dude, you know, I understand that, that. Yeah. It's time consuming. And I don't, frankly, I'm too lazy to do all that. And, uh, at the end of the day, what we see, what I see, not we, what I see is, a, an economy based not on folks who produce wealth with that that you could touch and feel. It's more all digitized. Everything NFT is the next new big thing now. Just digital. It's like I'm sitting here going, wow. And and guys, everything's getting more expensive. Yeah. And you you really don't understand the ramifications of not being competent in other areas. If it, if not for the sake of curiosity. Do it as an obligation or as a as a hedge against inflation, for Christ's sake. Like yeah. people want to invest in, you know, all the stuff in the stock market, throw money at it. Dude, throw money at your health. Go get supplements. Go, you know, change your diet. Go buy quality food. Yeah. Stop this nonsense because if you're sick and you got a eight million bucks, well, go ahead and you got eight million bucks, but now you've got to go through cancer treatment and all that stuff, and hopefully you survive. But after that, you're not you're not the person you were before. Yeah. So it wasn't worth it. It's like you're successful at what cost? Well, societies are burning all around me, but at least I'm successful. That's kind of what it is right now. It's it's a it's a spiritually lost society, and I see like just again the blow the bloviating well, the grandstanding and a lot of conservative types do that anyways it's just no yeah and yeah. i think i think it goes back to almost that single lane where for some people being the best right being the best capitalist having the most is their lane so again typical sports person all right nfl is your lane so i'm gonna do everything to get to the nfl well if you're sure. not that athletic person maybe your lane is just being a millionaire or having two homes, or 5,000 square feet, or four cars in the garage, right? Like just so materialistic, where right. that's it's what empty. drives their decision making, because they're so scared of not fulfilling whatever that is. And I, you had said something earlier about the psychedelics kind of getting into them because you had some conflicting, like the world was conflicting with your internal beliefs. And I feel that's what leads to a lot of these people being unhappy and maybe even getting suicidal is the fact that that was their metric for success, that sole metric. They didn't reach it. Now you're a failure. Do I want to deal with that failure or do I just want to get out of it and avoid it? And, and that's unfortunately why they hurt themselves or medicate themselves because they're trying to avoid it. I'm, I'm super curious just because you've, you've brought up a lot of philosophical things do you remember your internal belief that made you want to experience psychedelics? It there well, there wasn't a belief. Well, before I go into that really quick, another way to look at this materialism is is idol worship. You oh, are worshiping yeah. these material idols, and your your idols will always 
fail you and disappoint you. And they'll never live up to the pedestal you put them on. And it, it destroys people. So that's just on that note. But uh, <laughs> no, and like I said, it yeah, was man. just because, uh, I'm sorry? No, no, I was agreeing with your material worship being that idol. Oh, because okay. it, it just sucks yeah. your energy yeah. from you. You know, like some people will want to pay a ton of money to have all this home. So I live in Delaware. It's a resort area on the East Coast. Um Rehoboth Beach, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but we're close to Baltimore, D.C. Biden, actually. Um, President Biden owns a home in Rehoboth, a summer home. Okay. Um, so what's happening is we have a ton of people from Pennsylvania, New York, um, Philly, D.C., Baltimore, who buy these beach homes for like $1.5 million. And you see them there maybe four times a year. And us who live here, we're like, what a fucking waste, man. Like you, you yeah. work so hard to earn this home that you don't get to enjoy, but you want it to be pristine. And it's like this ideal thing, but you don't get to enjoy it. It's actually a drain on you because now that you have this $1.5 million mortgage, you have to now fill it with furniture. And now you have to work even harder to maintain it and keep it. And what happens if you lose your home? Are you going to be able to deal with that? And it, it, right. it does, man. It really does drain people. Um, and it's sad that they don't get to enjoy it more. And that's, well, and we're just, it's, it's fundamentally an unsustainable, sick society. And you would have more material prosperity if people were more spiritually sound and morally sound. Uh, you would have a lot less suffering if people were a lot more morally sound. And it's unfortunate and it's infuriating, <laughs> but, uh, and I'm not, I'm not perfect by any means. Like, but at the same time, uh, I, I mean, I focus on orienting myself to the to the highest truth, to the to the right thing, and it's it's led me properly. And you know, I've had a lot of speed bumps, to like this freaking Achilles thing. Don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, I'm much I'm better off than I was the year before. I'm a better man than I was the year before. I'm I'm wiser, and that you know, you spoke of you know knowledge in terms of schools filling your brain with knowledge. Uh, yeah, but there's no wisdom in a lot of that knowledge. It's it's just empty stuff to memorize and recite. Yeah, it's like Bu a, bubble and, sheet. Yeah, bubble sheet. It's and it's hard. It's it's hard for teachers to give you a hundred if you disagree with me, right? And that, like right. that's like the ultimate confidence. At the same time, it's the ultimate humility for a teacher to realize it's not even about you. It's about the kid. And if the kids like thoughtful about things. I know there are requirements to expressing yourself and whatnot, but like it, it's very hard. I see it all the time. It's very hard for teachers to give a kid a grade that goes against what the teacher is teaching, what the standard is. Um, yep. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And again, I, I always chalk that up to standardized testing because schools are incentivized to get good marks on standardized tests because money is attached to it. Right, um, and it's not about making better people for our future. No, nah, man, it's about metrics. Yeah. It's about metrics. I want to ask, it's, um, it's, you've mentioned the Achilles a couple times. What happened? I hope there's a really cool story that deals with like bungee jumping or jumping out of a plane or wrestling no, like a shark I or wish. something. No, uh, no, no. I uh, I had an issue uh, digging uh, 
electrical lines for my one of my projects out here and <laughs> well i had a razor sharp pickaxe and a hyper extended wrist and uh torn achilles so it's just uh yeah it's just i cut it like basically how you cut a sirloin with a pickaxe Stop, it was gnarly dude. yeah it was gnarly but uh you know, I learned a lot from it. So. How do you, how are you swinging that thing? Like what's your foot placement? Like your feet are just well, spread and you just catch a bad angle. I was taking a, a right or excuse me, a left turn and, uh, with the trench and, uh, it was a very dense clay and my left foot was in the wrong spot and I was listening to something and I was just, not paying attention and that's my problem yeah and uh it happened and i'm dealing with it but i'm getting through it it's it's uh it's it, anyways learned a lot about how quickly you can you know lose your legs and you know Dude. how much i was slow my, my normal walking cadence is way slower than it was before and it hope it'll get back eventually but not for a while i don't have any professional physical trainers or all that stuff. I'm doing everything uh, by myself. But anyways, how long ago ago did that happen? It'll be uh, six months on the 15th of April. Wow. Dude. And so the, I have two Achilles point of references, Kobe Bryant tearing his Achilles and hitting those two free throws and kind of like walking off. And then I forget which, Michael Myers Halloween movie it was, but basically I want to say Michael Myers was hiding under a car and a person was looking for Michael Myers and they turned their back and Michael Myers took like the um, surgery scalpel and just slices the back of their Achilles from both feet. Mm. And the person just drops like, like, like sack of potatoes. And I'm I'm curious, like, man, when you, (laughs) when, when like you go through it and just slice it, can you describe that feeling and the, the consequences of it? You're not in pain initially. It's shock. Uh, but you can't, your, your leg is spaghetti. So like if you watch Kobe's video, he's like not bending his knee really. He's just like kind of using his left foot or whatever leg he tore his Achilles on as a stilt. Right. That's really the extent of what you can do. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it turns to spaghetti. That's the best uh, analogy because it's the strongest tendon in the body. Yeah, it's devastating. But, you know, they got awesome surgery techniques nowadays. I kind of want to get all my tendons, uh, my, my pectoral tendons and my other Achilles uh, <laughs> sutured up. And you, never have a, you, you never worry about that. That'll be the next uh, performance enhancing stuff where people probably do that. You know, you just spend a year in a lot of pain and uh, you come back. You're just a super superman because all your ligaments are way stronger and your muscles can get bigger. Dude, I've heard know. I've heard about that for um young pitchers where um they'll actually try to blow out their arm to get Tommy John surgery when they're like 16, 17, because they realize Jeez. if they replace that tendon pre like maturation, you know how like dudes y- yeah. you hit puberty, whatever, 14, but you start getting your man body when you're about 21, 22. You start getting some grown man strength. And if they can work out with that new tendon, they feel like they're going to be invincible. And I I haven't like, I haven't, I don't know if it's, I've seen a case where then you've followed them, whatever, five, 10 years later, but that is something where 
I'm like you. I'm like, dude, they're fucking making bionic kids, man. They're they're tearing yeah. themselves up so that they can have like an extra whatever five thousand throws, five thousand bends in this ligament. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I like my uh, my left Achilles won't te- like as soon as the musculature gets up, it'll never tear again. Uh, what what but is my it? right Achilles? Yeah. Do you know what Probably. it's like? What what it, what the substance? Like, how do they patch it up? I'm not sure exactly what type of sutures they use. Uh, and they don't – like I didn't put my foot in a cast. I was just in a boot cast so I could flex my foot around. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, because I – Patrick Ewing, he got his he, – he put, they put his foot in a cast. And that actually is not – that's not good at all for the recovery process. Yeah, because you want to strain it a little bit, right? Like keep it stretching out to you keep it – You have a risk of losing your foot because of the blood flow is like gone. So you have to, yeah, it's pretty numb for a while. It, it's interesting. Uh, it's, it's a bad injury. Uh, I learned that it was like, out of all the injuries I had, this was the worst. And I was like, Oh, yeah. man. So just quick Patrick Ewing story. I shook his hand. I'm, I didn't get to meet him. There's a um, basketball tournament and I work the clock and, um, you know, he's the coach of Georgetown. He was coming down to scout. So he's in a gym in fucking Lewis, Delaware. And I'm like, dude, I'm walking over to go just shake Patrick Ewing's hand. And he's all, I mean, it's weird when you stand next to a seven footer, right? So I walk up to this dude and he's tired as hell. You can tell this is the last place he wants to be, but he's just there to like tell the kid I'm there hoping to get him. And I walk up to him like, sir, I cannot tell you how excited I am to have you in smaller Delaware. I shake his hand. And when I, dude, that man's hand was the size of my chest. Like he could have grabbed my chest on both sides with his, it was, it, it, it blew my mind, and, dude. And you're like, like, what was your car that you came down here in? How do you, how do you even drive with that sort of length? I don't know, man. It it blew my mind. But yeah, I've never gotten to tell my Patrick story, Patrick Ewing story, to anybody. <laughs> just just casually. I like respect that. the hell. Yeah, I respect those guys. So just you, the physicality aspect. That's why I respect anybody that's in professional sports, regardless of you know whatever nonsense politics stuff. The, the physical IQ and the dedication that's that required to do that stuff and the grit that you need to do that every day yeah and to be that large and yes. to be able to function for that long yeah God, I was fucking I respect the hell out of that dude and beyond function <laughs> like but- dominate against other dudes and a lot of them man like that's their means that's how they eat they they don't have a plan B so when they're going at you they're going at you for some dollars. And like, exactly. th- like for you to dominate against dudes who are coming at you for some dollars, thinking that they can have your dollars, like that, that's when you know that like you're a next level stud. It's, um, yeah. Dude, I, I got to, I got to know about the AC or when you tear the Achilles, are you by yourself digging this trench? Like, how do you, yeah. you're, you gotta be bleeding like crazy. Uh, it doesn't bleed as much because there's not a lot of blood flow to your Achilles. I mean, there was blood all over my car, but it wasn't as much as you'd think. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, and they really, yeah, there was really not that much blood at all. Because, I mean, you, the, the tendons in general don't get that much blood flow. And because uh, that was one of my concerns of passing out before I got, well, I got to the hospital and the, the hospital out in the country is garbage. So I had to argue with the ER person to let me leave so I could go to a specialist. And I got lucky because it was I tore my Achilles on a Thursday. His day for surgery was Friday. 
So I got my surgery done uh, 24 hours, less than 24 hours after uh, it happened. So that was best case scenario. I got lucky. So you drag your ass to your car, you're bleeding, and you go to the, 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 I I should insult a hospital. You go to the lower quality hospital. They like what? Get the, just basically like patch it up so you stop bleeding. And then you're like, fucking stop. I'm going to the better doctor. They told me that it wasn't a torn Achilles. And I was like, look, guys, I have never been able, I've never felt this in my life. I can't walk. My leg feels like spaghetti. I can't flex my foot. She's like, no, it's, it's not. Anyway, yeah, it was a, it was a disaster. Dude, what else uh, would it be? It's if not you... about insulting. I'm sorry. No, like what else would it be if you put a fucking pick through the back of your foot and you can't move your foot anymore? Like, what were they saying it was? They were like, oh, no, we just need to stitch you up, give you some staples, and be about your way? Yeah, they wanted to do that. They wanted to stitch me up, and then I refer me to a person, like, the next week. And I was like, yeah, no. And that's one of the – that's another issue is uh, most folks – like, I just – when it happened, in my gut, I felt like my Achilles was torn. I didn't want it to be that way. I wish somebody would tell me otherwise. But the problem is – is Usually your your gut your gut's got some neurons in there. It's pretty smart and knew what's going on and it was right. And thank God, uh, you know, I just blasted out of calling a bunch of people and asking, you know, I knew a couple folks who had a uh like foot and ankle surgery and the foot and ankle doctors are the Achilles doctors and thank Christ uh that was the case because I got in there uh, last, you know, he fit me in that day and then I got in that next day to get surgery and got all patched up. It was uh, pretty lucky. And talk to me a little bit about realizations. And we've spoken about just the um, $8 million guy giving it up to have some health. And I, I completely agree with that. So I'm curious if the lim- physical limitations have helped you to realize anything else. Oh, of course. That's the that's- Hey Josh, I'm sorry sorry, man, no you um, something happened where you started answering but you sounded like a robot rebooting. (laughs) Oh yeah, hold on a service. No, I got two bars now, we're good. Uh, Yeah, so the physical, any other realizations? Well, that was the whole thing is without the the injury, I wouldn't be who all, all of them. I wouldn't be who I was am now. And uh, I mean, everyone can say that, but frankly, the human body is miraculous in how it heals over time. And then the smarter you get with your training and your exercise, uh, the discipline, and that's the Jocko, the discipline equals freedom. And then the responsibility equals meaning, you know, you got to, and that's one big aspect to my whole whole life is, you know, the discipline to be able to focus and train to not be in pain. Like you, you, you put yourself through some pain for an hour and a half a day or an hour a day or whatever. And you reduce the overall pain that you're going to suffer later on. Like I was in, I was in really good shape so much. So I could hop, I was hopping around, you know, and I didn't pass out from the shock. Like all these different factors play into, you know, even though it was, you know, devastating, sent me back, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, if it wasn't for all the training that happened before that 
and then all the other injuries, all the training that happened before that and the dedication to train after, uh, I wouldn't have been in the position to, you know, get surgery the next day. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. What were your other injuries? Uh, man, I've torn all, all my leg muscles except my quads. And then I've had three knee surgeries. I've had uh, shoulder, two shoulder and then one pec and then broken pelvis. Broken oh, pelvis? Yeah. yeah. That has to be. It was to... like cracked. I, don't, I guess it, if it was cracked, it's broken. I, you know, the, you know, whatever. Yeah, 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 right? But doesn't that only happen to like 80-year-old women who don't drink enough milk? Uh, no, I'm they, just kidding. It's called, it's called <laughs> you can look it up. Uh, it, it only really happens, the, the doctor was like, this is weird. They only see it really in, uh, yes, old people, but also hurdlers. It's oh. called an avulsion fracture. If I'm remembering this correctly, an avulsion fracture. It's where your tendon like pulls off part of your bone. Oh, if, or if it's yes, that's what it is. Dude, didn't that happen to Bo Jackson? Isn't that what ruined his career? I'm not sure. I know his hip. I what? Uh, it, it, like my hip didn't come out of its socket. It was you have, or maybe it was the muscle. It was a muscle. There's these all these muscles on your. You got your quads, but then this, these small muscles that connect to your pelvis. That when you lift up, you can feel right uh, when you're sitting down. That ripped off part of my. God, <laughs> what were you doing, man? Yeah, and was she uh, enjoying it, was, it? it? No, I'm just kidding. That was misogynistic. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's a factors of you know growing uh, a lot. You know, growing nine and a half inches in a year, and you Holy know shit. trying to put on a bunch of weight for football at the same time, and doing high impact stuff while you have all these giant growth gaps in your body, and that I had a lot of space to grow left in my hips. And that's one of the reasons if I'm pretty sure that was one of the reasons why it was uh, an issue and that's what happened. So, and do you, do you think that was the majority of the, or that's the reason for the majority of the injuries with all these muscle tears is that they were just straining to keep attached to the bones nine and a half inches in a year, dude, that's a fucking amazing. That's like Anthony Davis type growing. <laughs> yeah, no, Absolutely. Uh, like I think but I, I heard know, today Zion yeah. went six and a half inches. Like he went from five ten to about six six, and that was his spurt. But fucking nine and a half, right. man, that's that's next level. Yeah, I went from really short to like <laughs> six foot two really quick. And uh <laughs> anyways, uh yeah, it's it part of that is that and just I didn't have uh and it was partly my fault, arrogance of a young kid, you know, thinking I knew it all. Uh I didn't have a didn't have guidance and training properly and B, you know, partly because of that and partly because of my arrogance, I was like, I, I know what I need to do because I've always been doing it myself type of deal. And uh, that ultimately was really bad, <laughs> bad decision, <laughs> dumb idea uh, and caused a lot of issues. Yes. Dude, that I, I don't know if I've met someone who like had that many and then just kept getting more. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's not. It was just in this, and I hated the whole fact of being, you know, this guy gets hurt a lot, and it's just like, damn, that's a liability in the marketplace. You know, it's like your insurance. Your insurance is way too high. I can't deal with you. You know what I mean? So, dude, that's interesting. Like that. So you say marketplace? 
and t- give me like a little bit of a timeline with these tears. Are we talking, these are high school injuries where in your head you're like, college coaches are going to dismiss me and I'm not going to get opportunities? Right, yes. A lot of that, well, there was high school and college injuries, yes. Oh, did you actually get to play in college? Uh, well, no, I went to Kilgore uh, at junior college in Texas and uh, I did not play. I got, that's where I blew out my shoulder and I tore my hamstring. <laughs> so that was when I was like, you know what? I need to, uh, I can't do this. I shouldn't, you know, and, and also I, I lost, when I was there, I lost the love for it as well. And that was the big thing is I realized that actually before uh, my shoulder blew out. I was like, I, and I was going through the tear. I was like, man, I just don't, I'm not enjoying life. And a lot of guys go through that as well. You know, you're just suffering so much uh, and it's in vain and you kind of know it deep down. So that's kind of what it was. Man, that's, um, that, that's, that's got to be a dark place to get to. Like, did you feel... A lot of people go through that though. Yeah, no, no. I'm, what, I guess, and what I'm wondering is, did it take you to sadness or did it take you to a relief where you're like, man, I gave it my all. I've given this dream of NFL and being a pro football player, I, I've given it my body and it's just not working. I can say I did it all and can move on and you felt comfort or did you get to like the emptiness of, fuck man, what am I going to do? Well, you, you first, you got to acknowledge your failure and then that's the part, that's the, that's the bottom. Like that's waking up from surgery and going, and that's exactly what happened as <laughs> I woke up from surgery and, uh, I was just like, fuck this. Anyways, there was the, the nurse was like, she was just like, you're going to make me cry. Cause I was just having these revelations right out of anesthesia. Cause I'd gone through surgery so much. I knew, uh, like, I know I'm not a, I wasn't didn't have an anxiety going through surgery. I understand the whole process. So when I wake up, I'm I gather my thoughts very quickly. And uh, yeah, I was just expressing that uh, while I was sitting there, and I was just like. And then also, I felt that when they shoved the tube down my throat, uh, they did a very rough job because my throat was super scratchy <laughs> uh, as I was expressing these thoughts uh, out loud. So you just sounded wise as hell. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. I was 19 and I was just, uh, you know, just like, yeah, pouring it out there, uh, you know, in a, in a haze essentially. Yeah. I was going to say, so then the anesthesia was your, uh, first psychedelic, huh? That's what gets you the first uh, revelation. Sure. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> in, in a way. Sure. Absolutely. It, it's, uh, it's that, that, it's a, that cloudiness brings clarity in a way It's that contradiction is kind of weird, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was just deep down. It was something I knew, uh, but I was trying to force myself to go, you know, you can get back, you can get back, you can get back. But the thing is, is before going, even going into Kilgore, my shoulder was having issues that it had issues for a while. I probably should have gotten surgery a couple years before that. Um, but anyway, so that's, it's just those types of things was my whole, I was just all banged up and I was forcing myself, uh, and you know, my foundational model was false in a lot of ways because the mentality was it doesn't matter what 30 year old or 40 year old Josh does because Josh now needs to do this to, you know, be the top of the top of the heap essentially. And I think that is a lot mentality of a lot of other young people in general is just throw like, who cares about me or like, 
you name the person who cares about them at 40 or 50 or whatever. Now is the time. Sacrifice, you know, just throw caution to the wind, essentially, and sacrifice your health down the line. And it's, I understood, you know, I, I've been training a lot for years, actually, to maintain my body and prevent the degradation due to all these injuries. And that's the price you pay. And luckily I caught that early while I'm young, but a lot of folks in other ways, like with stress, let's say, will just bombard their body with stress and then get cancers. And I'm not saying stress is the sole cause of cancer diet and all that. So many other things go into that. Yeah. But it doesn't help. Chronic illness. Yeah. No, right. No, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, man. I was just trying to support you on that. I, I think there's a huge connection, not that I'm a medical doctor, but just a common sense fight or flight like mentality. Your body is not meant to live in stress. It's almost like why people want to live in caves <laughs> at your core so that you know there's one way in and I can relax because I have protection. And your body resets and it reheals and your cells can only do your body can only focus on so much. I think even though it's multitasking a lot, if it's worried about survival, it's going to neglect other things because its main point is to help you survive. So if you're stressed to the point of you think you may not survive, that's taking energy from other things. It's almost like going on a fast. Like if you just keep eating shit all the time, your body's constantly working on breaking it down then it never gets to work on repairing what's needed repairs. And I think that shit can lead to cancer too, man. You don't let whatever cells sure, go no, around and find broken cells because they're breaking down a Big Mac or some whatever, another slice of pepperoni pizza, then it's all right, sure. great. Now, now you've let all these terrible cells in your liver reproduce because your body's in your, your, your energy is focused in your gut, breaking that down. Yeah, no, I, I Wait, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, I would just go on to like, you know, people need to eat fermented foods. <laughs> That's so important. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, uh, what? but yeah, so it's the, uh, the whole point, the point being is, um, uh, that mentality I had is no different than I think a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people, especially young, cause your brain isn't even developed. And this is the thing, uh, I'm, you know, I was a big dude when I was 18 years old and I looked very mature, but my brain yeah. was not fully developed. I was a dumbass. Yeah. And the, it's very, looks are so deceiving. Yeah. And I think, and I'm not saying like, you know, I can, I would, you know, I would consider 18, an adult, you know, you're responsible for your actions. Barely, But man. there's. Barely. Sure. Barely. No, no, no. Not responsible, but adult-wise. Because the brain, I don't think it stops till you're like 25, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. But yeah, or that's just the average. Like that, That's just yeah, like right. a chance. You know a what I mean? Some, some people, it goes much farther down the line, and that's what people need to – and it's it's hard to comprehend until you get there is, is the beauty of things. Uh, well, when I, I guess from my perspective, things are more beautiful as you learn and you understand more and you get more wisdom. Uh, life becomes much more rich and less shallow because that when you say, you know, caution to the wind, screw that guy, my story, me, screw me down the line. Basically, yeah, yeah. I want to do this now. You know, that's that's a very shallow 
uh, view of the world. Do you remember um, Derek Rose caught a lot of shit and was probably, man, six years ago at this point, but he was coming back from some horrific knee injuries. And he brought up the fact that when he retired from basketball, he wanted to be able to walk down his kid's high school graduation and not feel terrible and play with them in the yard. And he was like, I'm sorry that I make whatever, 25 million a year. And I signed this maximum contract and everybody wants me to play because I'm this MVP and I'm dominant. But he's like, I don't know if I want to risk the rest of my life to just win an NBA championship in essence. Right. And like people start like getting on him about you're just taking the money, you're blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know. Like, do we, isn't that kind of wise? Doesn't that mean he's in a healthy place mentally? Isn't that what we want our kids to to realize like, Hey man, there's life afterwards. Isn't that why we tell them to get their college degree? Cause there's life after the ball stops bouncing. And it's an, it's another one of those interesting contradictions because you're right. So many coaches are like, give it all for the team, leave it on the field, right? One more, one more, you don't quit. And then it's like, well, sometimes your body needs to quit, man. Cause I'll fucking like, you know, I'll, I'll pass out. <laughs> You just need to, it, there needs to be a sustainable approach. And yeah. any, like I'll point out, you know, a lot of these coaches are overweight, middle-aged dudes who are so living their dreams vicariously through their players. So that's a toxic, effed up relationship also. Dude, I uh, struggle with that so much when coaches preach discipline and I'm like, bro, you are beyond morbid obese. And I, I don't know if it's shallow on my part to associate body mass with discipline, but I feel like... A lot of people say That's they objectively have true. say they have thyroid issues that I don't know if they're clinically diagnosed. <laughs> I feel like they just found a way to be like it'd be like a nine year old saying, I curse because I have Tourette's, so leave me the fuck alone. And you're like, Is that is that accurate? Or did you just hear something and now you're claiming it? Well, yeah, it's just life is suffering. So if and I understand like it's easier for some, but it's the people who it, you know it's perceived easier for it still they are suffering everybody who is everything that is alive is suffering and you know it's just my whole my whole spiel would be yeah if you have those issues i understand it's hard and it sucks and it's not fun but the only way for you to overcome that is to be disciplined and be responsible yeah. and that way you'll be free and have meaning and you'll find meaning in your life uh by doing those things and that's just again it's we just, it's, that's the shallow culture, toxic. That's, that is what our culture is. It is just shallow and yeah. it's sick. And immediate and gratification. We're, we're a consumption-based culture. Um, I mean, yeah, we really absolutely. are. We really are. And, and my, it kind of all comes back to the first original point why you even, you know, messaged me in the first place is about family values and raising children and having a family. That is the most long-term, you know, far-out gratification and but it's so worth it. And you know, I, I myself am not married. I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying I'm married. I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. Uh, I do. And I do really. I want to raise a large family and all of those things. But at the same time, the the, the toxic culture that we have today uh, is it's 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 harmful to young men. It's harmful to young women. Uh, promiscuity is harmful to young men. It's harmful to young women. And it comes with a lot of disease. And the I think a good core message, you know, would be, you know, I, I agree, you know, we need to raise families, strong families. And I believe we need to homeschool those families, 
Uh, I think a lot of the, you know, millennials, especially, uh, I'm one of those millennials who, you know, was part of the culture, you know, bought into the culture. I remember, uh, I was in, in high school, I was poly D for a party once and I went to a basketball <laughs> game, you know, with a blowout, you know, it, it just, you know, doing nonsense things, but also having a really warped view of, uh, you know, sexual, sexual relationships and thinking that sex with somebody is totally fine and there's no consequences. And, you know, there's, there's no, like, as long as we consent, it's all fine. It's like, but that's not true at all. And how damaging it is to both parties. It's, and not just in the terms of diseases, I'm talking pair bonding. I'm talking getting married, having a stable relationship. And when you speak about like immediate gratification cultures, like that is what, that is what this whole issue, you know, we have so many single mothers and so many young men that don't have proper guidance in their life. And it's part, it's a result of our toxic culture. And the government is out there incentivizing these things, you know, paying people for, with, with children. And I'm, I'm not saying that's a hundred percent horrible, but I'm also saying that's not the solution. <laughs> It's uh, it, that that's something I, will, I haven't yeah. researched it enough to wrap to have an intelligent opinion, but in a very basic way, I have been around people who um, they're like, you realize I get two grand. I don't make a ton of money and I got two grand for every kid I got that I claim. And they kind of like see the kids. And then if they get a kid or two on disability for some reason, doesn't even have to be a, like a legit physical disability. It can be something where like the doctor signs off on some paperwork, like they um, almost like a learning disability from what I've heard. They can get additional mm-hmm. funds that are tax free. And you're like, mm-hmm. fuck, man. And then like the, the, the food stamps or the food credits that they can get are additional. And you're, you don't stop and think often like the kids are now growing up and the knowledge they're getting is not about overcoming. The knowledge is about being dependent on someone else providing and you almost gaming a system and it's like dude that just can't be happiness like you can't feel happy in those restraints as a person i yeah i i would agree but at the same time that's kind of well that goes into the whole that's the whole plan at the end of the day you know (laughs) i'm around a bunch of cattle i'm about around a bunch of farm animals man and what's that is in essence you know, turning humans into cattle and, you know, be dependent on us. And then now we're seeing, you know, uh, and hope to Christ, it doesn't happen. Uh, and pretty sure it isn't, but, you know, having a, a vaccine, a little passport thing and being denied to go into a store or something like that's a fear. It's not a, you know, it's, 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 it's a speculation, but it's also, you know, it's a valid fear in yeah. my opinion. And it's, and it's amazing and, too. When, if you go back to discipline, the whole COVID thing, man, um, if you are in shape, you're going to survive COVID, right? Like, like, like nothing's guaranteed. I know gravity's pretty guaranteed. <laughs> I know the sun rising is a pretty good guarantee, but nothing's a hundred percent guaranteed, right? So if you're in shape, you're going to survive COVID. And it's, it's, I wish that could be the message where if we're going to have a government shutdown for a year, it's like, Hey man, instead of put the damn mask on, which was a Maryland slogan, the state neighboring us, it would have been like, man, get the fucking shape or, you know, lose 15 pounds, bitch, or something where, where like people are encouraged to be active 
instead of sedentary. Cause when you say cattle, I've heard so many people who've gained weight at COVID and you're like, how do you have all this extra time and you do nothing but gain weight? Wouldn't you be more active in some way? I don't know, man. It, it, it does. It fucks you up and you're freer. You're freer when you're more in shape, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious because you, your mind seems to go a million miles an hour when you're sitting there and you're 19 and you're, you've come to the realization you're done with football. What do you turn your energy to? Just learning the truth, just reading and try doing my best to understand things. And it wasn't, you know, it still was not perfect. Don't get me wrong, but one, one huge uh, factor and accelerated learning for me because I'm, I'm an auditory learner big time is audio books. Uh, I've got over 200 plus audio books that I've at least twice, some three times. You want to do it at least twice when you do audiobooks because you're really not capturing everything. Even when you read a book, you need to do it three times is the is really the gold. That's just a good standard rule um, to really absorb if you really want to know what the message is well, yeah, uh, and understand how, it. You know, that's a great point, man. How many times do you ask someone like, oh, man, tell me about the book? And you're like, oh, so good. And they're like, yeah, yeah, well, what was the message? And you're like, well, the message was, I did this with a, a poker book and shit. I can't even remember the name of it. But basically it was about risk taking and how poker can help you in life. And it's fucking like, whatever, almost 300 pages. And the biggest thing I, I can remember, I've read it once, is, yeah, man, pay attention to details. And it's like, fuck, dude, I knew that before the book. But I really enjoyed reading the book, but I've only read it once. So I don't really have the nuance of the book to then apply it to situations in my life. I think that's a great point. Sure. Yeah. It's just a uh, good saying. You know, it's just, and it's you're something you hear your whole life is, you know, pay attention, spend the time, pay the attention, spend the time. That's your, that's your fundamental currency as a human being. And if you can pay, if you pay attention and you spend that time, you'll learn. And that, and that genuine curiosity is that, is that spark, that fire, that, that, keeps you investing your time and attention into these things that will free you. That will, that will empower you to understand more things and give you the confidence, frankly, to, uh, to speak the truth articulately. Yeah. You know, I stumble around sometimes, uh, but speak it confidently and know that what you're doing is speaking the truth. And it's something that's verifiable. It's not just this ephemeral thing. And some of what I say is faith based for sure. Uh, but at the same time, I can marry it up with what we see in reality. Well, yeah, but I mean, faith, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't like when people say faith is not a truth because again, you drop a pen, Adam, if I drop my pen right now, I have faith that it's going to hit the ground, right? I, I have sure. faith that the next time I breathe, I'm going to be able to breathe. <laughs> like there's going to be oxygen. My body's going to function. I have faith a lot of times when I go to sleep that I'm going to wake up. Right. And like, right. so, I mean, there, and there's science behind it. There's a lot of truth behind it. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think people should necessarily look at faith as a thing that um, eliminates thought or somehow makes you more ignorant. You know, that is not a sure. scientific. Yeah, no, really and I really shouldn't even that. caveat. I shouldn't even be caveating. Yeah. Uh, you're right. You're right. Uh, point. Yeah. Point being is it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's all reality. It's just, it's no different than, you know, people, materialism, that is a form of idol worship. 
and it's the grossest form of idol worship because you're not even worshiping like a creature you're worshiping a thing that's not even like alive an iphone an iphone that's is going to die within 30 minutes (laughs) yeah you name it you know anyways it's it's so it's so amazing how the more you understand that stuff deeply and fundamentally uh the more that you can well you're happy marry that up with wow you're happier and you're freer man and 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 in the in the in the most materialistic way the quicker you can be happy with less shit the richer you are and that's what so many people don't realize is when they keep wanting things, it's like, you're a fucking slave, man. Like if you bought $200 pair of sneakers, you're a fucking slave to keeping them clean or you're not going to wear them. Like, is, is it art? I, I don't understand why you would spend that much money and not be able to enjoy it kind of a thing. Or, or pulling loans. I would even, I'd say the, the, the biggest example of this is just getting personal loans or just loans to go buy personal shit. Yeah, it's just that's and you're paying it off, and it's just is really is are you that is literally you are a slave to that thing at that point. No, yeah, because it owns you. You don't own it. It owns you exactly. But that's how the whole economy operates. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's a whole another. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just it's so bad. It's just not good. Um, I'm curious. Do you remember the first rabbit hole that you got into that you kind of researched and started shaping your worldview? where you spent a lot of time giving it some thought, you had some internal conflict and you were like, you know, I was kind of thinking this or I was curious about this and let me actually investigate it. Uh, honestly, it wasn't even a, I didn't really embrace my curiosities like deeply until uh, I really got into college and started doing, I learned a lot more at home because I had, uh, I lived with guys that were uh, ten years older than me that were in graduate school and one or and excuse me, uh, he was a bachelor's excuse me uh, physics guy and then he had friends that would come over very intelligent people and we would that's where I would do the most learning and uh, it was great that was the most fruitful time for me but I would say in terms of rabbit holes it I was so naive. It, yeah, it's 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 so to me, it's just so amazing how naive I was because there wasn't really, quote unquote, rabbit holes to go down for me until I started learning a lot more at home and understanding the authority dynamics of, oh, actually, that those authority dynamics are false. Like a lot of the, these, quote unquote, adults have absolutely no idea what's going on. And it's incumbent upon me as an individual. I mean, but that's the truth. And it's incumbent upon us as individuals to empower ourselves with, uh, with first, you know, knowledge, but also wisdom through experience by going out and taking what we've learned and whatever that through meditation, meditation, meaning could be studying, but also taking what you've learned through in my, from my perspective, what I learned in the psychedelic experience, doing my best to take that out into the world and make that so instead of just saying, oh, I'm going to go, I want to do mushrooms all the time or blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. That is like a once in a once in a blue moon type of situation that is very rare. And it's there as a tool for you as an individual to empower you. To t- like we are always missing signals. And that, in my opinion, removes a lot of the static and allows the signal to come in a lot more clear. And the message isn't verbal, but it's definitely interpreted as a, it, I can't even articulate it well, but the point is, is it's, in, it's very important 
uh, that I even lost my train of thought. Anyways, it's just very important <laughs> that you, you embrace the wisdom and the knowledge by utilizing all these tools. And I'm not saying at all people go out and uh, utilize psychedelics, but I am saying that for me, it helped me to focus a lot more on studying, cool. reading, audiobooks. I, if you're driving a lot, audiobooks, read when you get home or whatever, whatever it is. Um, and do bare, your best to always seek out more knowledge. Bare minimum Netflix learn. documentaries. Bare minimum. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's a tool for sure. Like, uh, there's a good Netflix documentary. Uh, what was it called? And it changed my perspective on nuclear power completely. Like, I was a dumb dummy when it came to nuclear power. And uh, what was it? It was it called The Pan uh, Gift of Pandora, something about Pandora on Netflix. It, I, it might still be there. Um, but stuff like that is very powerful. But there's also a lot of documentaries and there's also a lot of books and knowledge out there that in audio books that are, you know, not true. And it's, that's why it's so important to get experience in the world, well, yeah, to build that wisdom, uh, to understand that some of that knowledge that I have is kind of nonsense. I need to and not like I need to find a way to filter better. And you, you're able to discern your discernment becomes a lot more, uh, I guess, precise would be a good word. Uh, yeah. And you have a lot more tact in how you operate in the world. And that allows you to, you know, climb the socioeconomic ladder to uh, to kind of have friends and do all of these things that have make a person happy. It, it requires that wisdom. You know, you learn, you know, you learn things through school, but you've got to go out in the world and apply that that knowledge to understand, oh, this works or this doesn't. Well, yeah, because uh, well, so. school has so many controlled variables, man, and the world has so little controlled variables. You know, so you want to be able yeah. to react to situations quickly and intelligently and efficiently. Confidently. And you do that. Confidently. Yeah, you do that with knowledge. I'm super curious when you said authority dynamics are false. You strike me as someone who's very respectful. And I wonder, was there a little bit of an internal conflict the first time you're – so me personally, I was always grown up. Yes, sir. I always referred to people as Mr. or Mrs. Even if my friend's parents were like, just call me Roxanne. I'm like, I, I can't, ma'am. I'm sorry. And I don't know where I got that from, but I don't think my parents put it on me, but I just was raised that way. And I'm thinking to myself, man, the first time I realized somebody was full of shit, it's a little hard for me if they're older for me to call them on it and get through it because I'm just supposed to respect my elders. I don't know why I feel that way, but I do feel that way. And I'm wondering, I mean, was that a little bit of an internal conflict for you when you're trying to challenge these authority dynamics? Uh, at school, no, because I looked, I really, my, it, it was, the professor really, to me, was, I, anyways, I, I didn't have a lot of respect for that. Position. Don't say, dude, um, the, the whole point of this, you've said anyways a couple of times, like, I feel like you're, um, you, you're not, not self-conscious, but it's okay to like tell the story. You don't have to like crap sure. on anybody or anything, but that's kind of the point is to hear these stories and like, tell me, man, what was the deal with the professor that struck you to be like, you know what, man, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I would say, you know what, man, you're full of shit. <laughs> it, it wasn't just one. It was most, I would say. And it was just, it went from, you know, I would say one. I, all right. The, the worst example, and it has nothing to do with actual conflict with the, the professor, but it has an example to do with how empty and vacuous a lot of the collegiate education is. And you're spending a 
I forget exactly what the per class dollar amount was, but I would make I'd make it a point to sit up front because I knew how much I was spending each time I was going. <laughs> Half a semester was canceled of class, and this the disease, and it's you know they call it this, and it's it's called radiculopathy. And I sat there and I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me? That's it's and it's what it's called. It's a nerve issue, but it has to do with." Being overweight, obese, and I was just sitting here going, so this person gets paid full salary. I'm going to get full credit for this. She gave, like, everyone an A. And uh, and that's just one ex- – that's, like, that was the worst example. I had actually had, you know, if you know, having debates, I guess we would say, with the professor. And I had a couple awesome professors, but the, the, the best ones I had, they were professionals who had retired, and they were, yeah. they were just having a good time. But they were also very intelligent and articulate. Uh, and they weren't ideologues or if they were, if they had opinions, they'd let you know, but they wouldn't like sneak in their, their, their ideal, ideal, ideology, uh, into their tests and into their essays and like, yes. all, you know, all that shit. And that's, what's going on all across this country, all across the Western world, in fact. And it's, it's devastating to, it's got, I mean, the, the objective reality is. Children today do not have the same freedoms and enjoy the same uh, luxuries as you or I did when we were children. And that's a fundamental uh, disservice. It's a failure. And it's, it's so disgusting. And it's, history will remember this as, uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a disgrace. Where does, uh, and that's my opinion. That's my opinion. Yeah, dude. Oh, well, obviously you're saying it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, you're not like the ultimate authoritarian in historical, um, yeah, like know, scrolls. Yeah, know, like yeah. you're not the scroll keeper in the dungeon, right? <laughs> <laughs> like penning it out right. like some fucking monk somewhere, you know? Out of all yeah. time, this is the no, yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, yeah, that's the whole thing. And I feel like it, it's even odd to me, and it sometimes gets me in trouble where. I say shit and people get offended. I'm like, dude, I'm not saying it like it's the fucking truth, man. I'm saying it's my thought, right? Like, I don't know if I'm right or wrong. It's just what I'm thinking about right now, or I'm trying to bring up another point to think about. So you don't have to get so sensitive. Not not you, but I'm talking like when I speak to these people, I'm like, right. you don't have to get so sensitive when we're just throwing ideas around, man. And we shouldn't have to waste so much fucking time with caveats like you were saying about like, so in my humble opinion, while acknowledging everyone who does suffer through clinical obesity, <laughs> I want to make sure it's like, no, man, fuck, like, dude, sometimes we can just say shit and assume that we're saying it with a good heart. And we don't mean to offend. We mean to get to some sort of truth or understanding. And it's, it's odd to me that, and maybe it is social media, like you were saying earlier about when you post things, it's like, that's who you are. Like, how old are you, Josh? I'm 28. 28. Okay. So I'm, I'm 39. Uh, yeah. Turning 40 this summer. And like, if I would have posted shit at 28, I could have changed my mind the very next day based on something. And that's a weird place for kids to grow up feeling like I said this when I was 16, therefore it is who I am. And it's like, I'm pretty sure people change all the fucking time, man. And mm-hmm. it, but I feel that leads to the caveats and people wanting to give like minutes of, I, I want a better word than caveats, like explanations or like they're trying to avoid the minefield before they think they're actually going to step on something. It's like, dude, just fucking say it, man. It's cool. 
we'll actually get more out of the conversation if we just talk without They're trying to cover their ass. Yeah, the trepid- they yeah. step into the breach, basically. Trepidation is the word I was looking for. It's like, yes. dude, you're fucking conversating yes, yes. with trepidation. It's like, no, man, how about we just talk and assume that we're not assholes and it's okay to have some thoughts. <laughs> like, that's kind of nice and it's kind of relaxing and it's kind of freeing. It's fun. But you, you also got to realize that those words are dangerous because the truth is so dangerous. And that's why, that's why it's, you can't control people that are true, like fundamentally truth seekers who are genuinely interested in the truth because they do not, you cannot control that because there's no single narrative that's going to be, that they will be bound to because there is so much out there uh, that there's no way that you can put it in any compendium and say this is the truth compendium. of all things. Hey man, quit it's flexing. Like, no, no, no. Josh, quit flexing. And compendium? Stop, man. Now you're just <laughs> insulting me. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, but the point I, is, is when's this, the last time you used that in Scrabble? I want to know. Oh, I don't I don't know. I've never played Scrabble, but uh <laughs> Dude, that's uh, the first time I've heard that word. That's an awesome okay. word. Seriously. <laughs> but anyways, it's just yeah, there's well, if you're seeking the truth, and that's why throughout history you see the people that spoke the truth were hated Where and they were condemned. I'm, I'm sorry. No, no. I'm curious because you've, you've brought up this point of truth and I want to try to make it a little more um, concrete. Are there, do you have like a list somewhere like golden rule, treat others the way others would be treated? Or like I was saying earlier about the equal and opposite reactions. Do you have a couple of these truths that you've um, come to realize? Uh, I mean, I, I would really just say, you know, the, the discipline equaling freedom is fundamentally true and it's, it's very empowering. Um, the truth that, you know, I, I, again, the objective truth that there is a God and this is, we are living in, in the, in God's creation. Uh, and we are fundamentally a part of that single whole, that single Godhead, that single I, I mean, I guess a good way to put it would be, and that's why I would recommend uh, Bernard Heisch's book, uh, would be, you know, they talk about the Big Bang. Well, I would say this, instead of, you know, nothing becoming all things, I would say all of the things that was one, uh, one thing divided itself. And through that division and limitation is where we get these physical boundaries and all these different boundaries that reality has, these layer cakes of boundaries that reality has for us, is fundamentally all God's creation, a part of God's creation and division. And it's like, it's knowing that, or I guess the point is, is that that oneness is pure and utter infinite potential, but that's not enough. You can, you can sit there and go, man, that person has so much potential. And this is like a really rudimentary example. You go, man, like a child is the most... Uh, excellent example for this that is pure human potential and it's limitless and then as the child grows up it narrows and narrows but the potential is still in those it narrows to those fields it's like a focusing laser lens basically it's like a light bulb becomes a laser beam and that the potential can still be uh, manifested essentially but it's a lot more difficult anyways my i guess my point is is Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to, I'm no dude, dude. I'm just going to giggle every time you say anyways, cause I (laughs) like it triggered something in you. And by um, the end of our conversation, if not in future conversations, I want to understand 
why do the anyways? Like at, at first I was about to be like, preach. Like I could see oh, you yeah, like no, stereotypical, I my, like preacher kind of a, well, like my vibe. Core, I guess my, I'm trying to get to the core point is, is, uh, you know, the only way to realize that potential, that pure potential to get that laser beam focus and to truly understand whatever that potential is manifest, you must go through the experience. And that's where the division comes in. And that's why that's where the dual, that's where this dipolar nature, this is the duality of reality. Uh, oh, cause the, the, the one, the one divided that's, that's yeah. No, it, it's interesting. I hadn't thought about it, but it's like you have this innate feeling to go experience this drive to go do. And then you're almost in this culture or environment that's telling you to be sedentary and sit and consume mm -hmm. and will provide. And like that leads to kind of an unhappiness because you're not meant to be uncomfortable like that. Like you're like, you shouldn't be restless at night, right? Like you should have fucking worked enough that you want to hit your bed and get some sleep. And it, and like, it's almost something in you that drives that. And when you don't meet it, you get that conflict. Dude, I gotta, exactly. I, I gotta ask, man, cause you get so deep, so quick. You're like a fucking, <laughs> you're, you're, you're like a hyper auger. Um, I, Fucked around with an auger this summer, man, and I thought I broke my wrist. This is the first time I ever felt like injured in my life. I felt like a total bitch doing like fence poles. I had to rent an auger. And I'm not I'm not I'm not exactly metrosexual, but I'm not super country. Like I'm somewhere in between, right? Like I don't I don't mind dirt in my nails. I don't know if I could build a shed, but I definitely can build a doghouse. And okay. so anyway, like I get the auger, man, and I get five whatever, like five holes deep. And I start hitting roots. And the first one I hit, like it gave me a warning. You know, there's always a warning. And then you're like, should I keep on? And I'm like, fuck it, man. Yeah, man, I can keep. If I just throttle this bitch, I'll be fine. So I hit that I hit that next root, dude, full throttle. And I've never felt such a sharp pain in my life, in my back, in my wrist. And it, it sent me off. And you remind me of that auger on full throttle where you just go deep quick. And the the, re the reason I bring that up is like you had said you weren't much of a student. And I'm like, dude, how do you have this much of an inquisitive, deep mind? But at the same time, you're the dumb jock that that doesn't like that. I, I don't understand that. Yeah, that was a fundamentally different person. That simple. I mean, it's, it was the same me, but it was you know, I, if I were to go, you know, if I were to pass him on the street, uh, there was, you know, I would sit there and go, I don't know. I mean, I recognize him, but I also, I don't know that person because of the, there's a lot of conflict in that person. That's, and it's also, there's a lot of naivete and a lot, a lack, a, a huge lack of, uh, like real, true, practical knowledge. Like someone that could barely change a tire. And right. it's like, that's embarrassing. Like you need to be, a competent person to be able to take care of yourself when no one else is there. And some people that doesn't, that's not the case. And that's what the Achilles injury taught me. Um, and that's why I have a lot more respect. Uh, the people that can come back from losing limbs and uh, oh, losing or just not being able to walk again and being able to get, go through life and be happy. And that is, those are some of the most strong people because 
you go through some dark places when you, if you lose your legs and that's my you know it was just Achilles injury for me but I felt like I, I was just like oh my god anyways it's just it's a very dark place that you can go to um do you do you chalk it up where, do you chalk I'm up sorry? the naivete and I, now I'm trying to like match you word when you say cool words like that naivete um do you chalk that up to just you being youthful or is it you being like a testosterone filled dude where all you're trying to do is ball with your boys and then get some girls kind of a thing? No. So if I was misguided and one thing, you know, in retrospect, uh, you know, the people that I would hang out with, everyone had, you know, there was a lot of familial issues. So everyone would, you know, separate and go with the friends and, you know, go do whatever, you know, we do whatever we wanted to do. And uh, so it was just a lot of misguidedness. We were all misguiding each other. It was a blind uh, leading the blind. Yeah. Dude, there's and nothing worse good. than fucking teenage boys just hanging out, running around, making decisions together with no sort of fucking fencing. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and on top of that, you're the jocks and, and you know, the cheerleaders and the, like the girls give you attention and you're a part of all the parties. You're a part of all the you know, the cool stuff that's going on. And that's all a fake facade, false. It's bad. And and it's, and it's harmful to, to the health of when you're, you're destroying your immune system, when you're, you know, drinking a lot and uh, you're destroying your pair bonding abilities when you're doing promise promiscuous things. Uh, and then it's just, it's not healthy. And then everybody that's doing those things though, in my opinion, retrospectively reflecting upon this is they were all very conflicted internally as well. And a lot are still today, I would assume. I'm not sure, of course, but I see that in the world in general. A lot of people are still extremely internally conflicted and that's a spiritual issue, not not a mental disease. It is a fundamentally spiritual issue that's manifesting itself in physical forms, whether that it mental and that turns to physical, you know, whatever it may be, uh that's the issue. Uh and this, this came about like this realization was the 19 year old coming out from the or awakening and then the anesthesia or this came about after that. This was a pre-college thing. It's it's a whole process. It's not like to. a one time thing. It's not you, a watershed moment. You, you wake up like there's a lot of watershed moments, though, because there's so much to understand. Yeah. And that, that all like. Yeah, I, it just and it, each time helped improve me and help keep me in check. And that there, I'm always, you know, conscious and cognitive of the thoughts that are entering my head. And the important thing is, is to doubt every thought that enters your head and to be a be a critic of all of the all of that and to discern and it, like to to fine tune that mental discernment. And and you know, you could be a precision laser and then in multiple fields, in my opinion, that laser beam can be equally, frankly, uh, strong in multiple fields. Through, through a just, prism, right? Or what's the, what's, exactly. isn't it a prism, right? Like if you put the laser beam, then it's shining like in 12 different directions or something, but it maintains the sure. strength or am I wrong? About yeah. That? Now I'm pretty sure well, it like separates the color spectrums, but you know, in a sense that's yeah, it just, right. you know, imagine that's a super high powered, you know, laser beam prism, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. So there was, um, there's a guy and I've still, I believe is how you say it is Naval, but it's N-A-V-A-L. Have you heard of him? I, I came across him on a Joe Rogan podcast. He's a modern day phil 
philosopher? Um, maybe. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, man. You, you would love his shit. So N-A-V-A-L. All right. And you, you love his conversation with Joe Rogan. So he comes out with these like fundamental truths of life. And one thing he brought up is, and I'm just going to use round numbers to make it simple because it's a big image. And it, the reason I bring it up is because you talk about a laser beam having so much focus and then the color separating. So the strength of that laser beam is now diluted in each of those colors. But if you add them up, it adds to the total of the strength of the laser beam, right? Matter is not created nor destroyed. There it is. Second principle that I go by in my life. So his point was the world, and it goes to what you were saying, the the world is going into specialities. Well, now you're in one hole. So if you picture a hundred holes, what if you were the 15th best in every hole compared to the first best in one hole and the hundredth best in the other hundred holes? What would your overall score be? Who's more likely to be hired? Who's more likely to be valuable? Who's more likely to succeed, to thrive in different environments? And I forget the image he had attached with it, but it was it, it was just like, it was awe-inspiring. It was like, oh my God, like, yeah, dude, that's the whole jack of all trade, masters of none. That's why that saying matters so much. And that should go to many aspects of your life, whether it's working out, eating, interests and reading right you don't want to read just one genre and that allows you to be a critic of your mind and question thoughts because you're comfortable questioning and researching and seeking you're not just trying to stay in what you currently believe is correct exactly yeah Yeah, it's not casting judgments but not casting absolute judgments on on things in general i mean there are things to there are moral absolutes yes but when it comes to seeking, you know, truths, let's, you know, in the sense of say scientific truths, let's say, uh, you know, don't make dogmatic judgments. And that's how you see stagnation happening in terms of technological advancement across the board outside of uh, data and cell phone technology. <laughs> and I guess, you know, nominally rocket tech. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the situation. What's, I'm curious, what's one of your moral absolutes? I mean, I mean, I, I, ten, well, I wouldn't say Ten Commandments per se, but I would obviously, you know, murder is wrong. Uh, children don't have the capacity to consent. Children do not have the capacity to, like, choose whether they want to be whatever because they have – their brains are not fully developed. Uh, I, I, that's a, a good no, question, no, frankly. Well – no, and it's Don't one of those be a things. parasite. I guess that's my fundamental, absolute bottom line when it comes to my whole worldview is be a symbiote. Be in symbiosis with the environment and everything around you and be in symbiosis with the truth. Don't parasitize people. Don't parasitize the world. Don't use kernels of truth and spread, you know, salacious lies, you know, just litter kernels of truth with just tons of lies on top of that and that's a way to parasitize the truth you just go and pick out things that are beneficial to your your worldview your narrative your your ego driven goals and uh that this is the there's a spiritual battle going on like yes the ten commandments are definitely moral absolutes uh but i just my fundamental you know the strongest thing is is 
and that's part of the Ten Commandments, commandments as well, is be a symbiote. You know, leave, you know, leave more, grow more things. Like have a, I don't know how to put it exactly because there's so much to encompass it. Uh, but yeah, just be symbiotic with the world, uh, and it goes with everything. That like, that's why I moved out in the country. That's why it's important to raise your food. That's why it's important to understand. You know what. You know, it's under, understand the importance of what it is to eat meat and take the life of an animal and understand to, re, you know, what it is you're doing and all of these different ramifications that go along with that. And if you're going to put that animal through suffering, that's fundamentally evil. And so mm. you, you need to give that animal the best life it possibly can have. And, you know, my I have dogs, I have all sorts of animals. They like to play with each other. Like all these things are very important. Uh, to be in harmony, and that's what it is. It's no different than musical harmony. It's just be in harmony with with God's creation. It's not just nature in general. It's God's creation, and that way you will be blessed, and your you know your sacrifices, you know, will be rewarded. We have a bunch of canes in this world right now. Be able, be mm-hmm. able. <laughs> Back when I thought I could freestyle, one of my best lines was like, "I'm fuck. I'm quite able." No shit. Oh, dude, see, I had it as soon as you said it, and then I lost it. It was one of those things we were like, whatever, little white boys thinking that we could rap back in the, I guess it would be, (laughs) it would be, you know, like mid 90s. So like Snoop Dogg and MTV's coming out and Dr. Dre and all, it's pre Eminem. So you're like, not sure if you can do it. It's like the snow days, the informer type shit. And then M comes out and then now everybody has the okay to be white and be into hip hop. But it was like, I'm quite capable like Kane without able was one of my favorite lines that I came up with because it's, it is weird to think about that mentality that you have this brother and you have this relationship. And for some reason it gets in your head that you're better without help. And that fucked it all up. And you're like, what? Like how, dude, how did you think life would be better isolated and without a person you were growing up with like wouldn't you guys have actually gotten more and been and been more successful maybe even had more leisure had you partnered up and embraced your brother yeah it's just part of that is just making those those absolute judgments and just false your fundamental your foundations are fundamentally false your premises are wrong and you just don't you're 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 too blinded by your hatred, your resentment, your anger. You name the negative emotion. Uh, murders that murders one that I, I struggle with myself. Like the whole, if you could go back in time and kill Hitler, would you? Should you? Right? Like, I, I want to say if you polled, if that was a Twitter poll, I want to say like 95% of people would be like, yeah, I'd kill baby Hitler. And it, it you know, and the murder, the murder thing, if my child is being held hostage, can I, or if my child is about to be sexually assaulted, can I take out that threat? And it's something I grapple with often as far as absolutes, because I enjoy the thought exercise of like, are there absolutes? The only absolute is there's no absolutes, you know, that whole saying. And I'm, I think, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, but that was it. I was, it's, I was just speaking to it as a question where I just wanted to ponder it with you a bit. 
See, I'm using the word ponder to try to get on your Lexile and your level. Sure. Because I feel like you're like six up on me on words that I've never heard before. And I don't think I've used one word today that you've never heard before. So I'm feeling a bit oh, inadequate. Oh, no. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm flattered. Dude. Thank you. No. Uh, uh, but no, the uh, whole murder is wrong thing. I'm like, I feel like I can think of scenarios where murder may, might not be right, but it's not wrong. It would be the gray area. Right. You know? So, yeah, I would say this, and this is something that, you know, it takes a lot of, you know, meditation doesn't necessarily mean sitting in a crisscross legged, you know, situation going home or whatever. There's a lot of meditation. That word has many meanings and that self-reflection is meditation. Yeah, I just always um, took meditation as like, can you fucking think without some sort of stimulation in your mind, man? <laughs> like, sure. turn the fucking Absolutely. music off, right? Like, be alone right. with your thoughts. Go for a fucking walk without an audiobook and someone influencing you and just let your mind drift. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I would say that it's it's important to take responsibility for your actions, spirit, like internally, mm. uh, you know, in the physical, yes, in the world, there's circumstances for sure where, you know, you kill someone in self-defense, whatever it is, you, that, that, that happens all the time. And I'm not going to make judgments on those those situations for those because I mean I can't I can't imagine but for me I would say that I would I'd be more than happy to suffer the consequences and I would embrace the punishment uh, and that's just the punishment of you know doing such a thing to you know stop you know my child from being murdered or something whatever it may be yeah. Let's just tell you that, for example, you know, you see, you know, something crazy happens. You see a person about to kill your kid and you have an option. You either take him. It's either that guy goes or your kid goes. Well, it happened um, to Russell Crowe last night in the movie I was watching, Unhinged, where he was about to take the kid out and the mom comes off. Jimmy snookers him with a pair of like candy cane scissors in the eye. Spoiler alert. Um, and oh, and like takes the dude out and you're like, I felt good. <laughs> I was like, damn right. He deserved to die, man. And when sure. you said it, it, it's just funny how, again, you, you think of the environment, you think of like messaging and you're like, am I being subconsciously told it's okay to kill? Was it wrong for her to kill this man who was choking out her son after? And you think of all the shit he does in the movie that shows that he's psycho. It's like, dude, all he wanted to do was hurt people. So like, shouldn't he be taken out if we're all trying to live? Right. That's the, you know, it, it, it's almost, to the but, point, yeah, that's a question of, are you, I don't, yeah. My yeah. But then like, is, who are you to judge? Right. Like, am I the, do I know the intentions of his heart? Maybe he would have had a change. That's the whole point. That's exactly right? it. All that you can <laughs> like, do is for yourself is just say, you know, internally either, you know, for me, I just said, yes, you know, murder is wrong. Like murder across the board is not just not it's wrong uh and there are instances where it's necessary in the physical world to protect you know your genetic lineage for instance and uh if you know say your child's gonna get murdered that's the example um but there are fundamental there are consequences to those actions and it's not i'm i'm not there to judge all those other all all those other situations that aren't me 
I would say for me, there would be consequences and it's, I, I can't articulate to what they would be, but I would be more than willing to suffer them for the sake of my children. And that's, yeah, I think right? a lot of people will make those decisions internally. And some people get those decisions thrust upon them and they go through a lot of post-traumatic stress through those situations. And it's, it's terrible. And it's sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I don't, that's a really tough one. Yeah. No. Yeah. Cause you almost want to put qualifiers on it. Like murder is wrong within your species. And then you're like, ah, I don't know, man. Cause I've really enjoyed, well, before you get to the murder is wrong. If you're there, you're like, well, I enjoy burgers, chicken, fish. So I kill the fuck out of animals. I don't mind squashing mm-hmm. a fucking bug, right? Like a mosquito sure. lands on me. That bitch is dead. Like there, there's no contemplation. It's a reaction. And I have zero, it, it takes up zero space in my mind. I don't sit in bed at night being like, do you think those mosquitoes babies are missing its father and they're not getting a bedtime story at this point? <laughs> sure. Like, like it doesn't fucking cross my mind. I'm like, nah, dude. But then you're like, all right, sure. so then murder of the same species. And then you play out these, again, Russell Crowe unhinged. And you're like, well, I guess you can kill based if you're threatened or if it's righteous or if he was holding an older lady, should we still kill him? Do we kill him because it's a child in the promise? I don't know. I, I, for my mind, I always go to like this Supreme court. What side would I rule on if I was the moral authority? And I don't know if that's hubris. And that was my attempt at throwing out my like ace of spades, my, my go-to card. Um, (laughs) but like, it's one of those things where I'm like, dude, if I was deciding the fate of America and my word became law, how would I rule? I I don't know if I could say that murder is absolutely wrong. I feel like there's too many instances where you need to take in context to figure out, was it wrong? Oh, I agree. That's why it's, 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 it's impossible to, for us as mere mortals to truly, you know, make that judgment yeah. and that's for God to decide. Uh, but yeah, well, that's a, my point would say is the, uh, it, I think all that power that to, to make those judgments, is just that slippery slope. You just be, you'd become a benevolent dictator to a outright despot pretty quick <laughs> and you want and you just you live long enough to see yourself become you know the the ultimate villain uh not through your eyes but through everyone yeah, not man. everyone but most folks it, eyes it's weird and, uh, it's really weird about the human condition that we crave that power and that authority and as soon as we get it it just fucking ruins us it just seems like every person who gets there it fucks them up in some sort of way man and it, it, it's it, yeah, but it's like, well, then why is that within us to crave it? If when we get it, it's the Icarus syndrome, right? It's like, our fallen state. It's our fallen state. We are, we are fundamentally, in, we are born in a fallen state and it's our responsibility as individuals to overcome that. And that's it right there. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, that it is the Icarus problem. I mean, it, it's all of that and it's, it's destructive. It's parasitic. Like one, and, yeah. yeah, man, Jesus, dude. So I like, I really thought looking through your Instagram and I, I actually want to talk about, I don't know how much time you have left. I just looked at the clock. We um literally just hit two hours, um, okay. <laughs> but you can tell me, do you, how much more time do you have? I don't, I know you got like actual shit to do. 
I'm, uh, well, I was just about, to, I was just going to eat dinner after this. I'm not too busy right now, so I got okay. a little time. What's up? Awesome. Nothing. I, I really want to get into the farming aspect because I was, again, going through your Instagram and I'm seeing all sorts of shit growing. I shouldn't say shit. All, like you're producing, <laughs> right? Maybe you're using shit to make it grow. But I'm very curious as to your journey into becoming this farmer. And what's your Instagram handle? Isn't it like uh, Modest Life or Modest Living? Yeah, Modest Living 25. Yeah, Modest Living 25. So I wanted to just learn or get to know more about you and this whole, like, were you always this farmer guy? Is this something that you grew into? Uh, I, You know, just on a whim, I dug up uh, my backyard when I was uh, 16 and started growing stuff. And then just been doing it every year since then. That's kind of, and then just learning more and more, you know, as I go. And that's that a lot of the, you know, growing stuff, uh, that's passive learning animals. Animals is, it is a form of passive learning, but you have to be a lot more active when it comes to like infection or disease or anything of that nature. It's a lot more stressful. Um, plants, there's a there's a little, you know, there's a little disconnect there when it comes to that, uh, I, I kind of I'll humanize most of my animals, but I, there's a lot more connection there for me. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I'll let my plants suffer a little more, I guess, as I would say. And uh, but that passive learning is so important. Is when you just you walk by something every single day, and it tells you they they all they all tell you what's going on, depending on what their leaves are doing. Uh, you know what just how they look, how they act. Uh, they're speaking to you, and. Uh, yeah, that's I guess that's the simplest way. It just over time you just you watch and you kind of get a relationship. You understand it. You go, okay, I see what you like. I see what you don't like. Uh, and sometimes you know they get neglected a little bit because there's a lot of different plants. And uh, you go, okay, I see you over there. It's like they're not <laughs> screaming, you know, verbally, but I can hear them scream. I'm third, you know, I need water, you know, that type of situation. Um, it's like yeah, and then you know there's the we do mushrooms and, and scobies with kombucha and stuff like that. And then a lot of uh, fermentation and things of that nature. It's just being uh, self-reliant. And like, I love sriracha sauce. And you mean sriracha, pep- right? No, no. Sriracha. Yeah. No, sriracha. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I didn't even <laughs> it, know that was a situation. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> well, no, that, that's the whole, like, um, for us, like you make fun of a hipster. So, um, yeah, and I if I say it, you're gonna know. But like quinoa or quinoa, do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? That grain, like it's just saying that shit. So sariachi or sriracha, it's like, oh, I love sariachi, and it's like you fake motherfucker, get out of here, you know. So <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> well, my whole. Yeah, well, my whole beef is like I, you know, I think the whole, you know, I think Louis Pasteur was a badass, and you know, he he made food safe for millions and millions and billions of people through the pasteurization process. But what we've done through pasteurizing everything, everything at the store that you buy is pasteurized for your safety. Fucks your immune system. There's no, well, there's no, you're losing your gut microbe. Yeah. There's no, you're putting no probiotics in your body. And that's why a lot of people have gastrointestinal issues and they like, you know, eating the pickles at the store is just yellow five and freaking white vinegar. That's not, that those pickles aren't fermented, <laughs> like actually mm. fermented. They're pasteurized. There's nothing alive in there. 
Uh, I mean, I guess they were fermented for a little bit, then pasteurized. But when you're doing it at home, that's alive. Like I'll put the pickle juice in a separate jar and I'll do lemon lime pickle juice water with a little cucumber during the summertime, which is it's way better than Gatorade, by the way. That sounds fancy um, as shit. Oh, it's fancy. It's delicious. Like too. I pictured you with like a sports coat on sipping that with like mint leaves oh, floating on the top. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Uh, but yeah, so the point is, is like I, I, the things I enjoy the most, I grow and then I also, you know, ferment like the sauces that I love the most and that like sriracha, you know, you get those jalapenos to when they're nice and red and you make them into chilies. Anyways, it's just great. Dude, you don't um, have to go anyways. People, yeah. I was actually curious because, no, no, I, I don't want you to go anyways, man. I, I, I think you're a good storyteller. And it's funny, man. I think you're super humble and you don't mind going on with your philosophy. But when we get into the you and like the, the what you've been through, you tend to go anyways. And it's, it's interesting to me. Like, it's interesting, dude, you've come up, like, how do you have your own fucking sariachi, sriracha recipe? <laughs> like, like I, I, that would be like me making my own Coca-Cola and being like, yeah, man, I just make my own soda. Yeah. But kombucha is like my own soda. I got, I love that stuff. That's dude, why I have it I've tried, all the time. I've tried it a couple times. Um, I typically mix it with a little bit of vodka though. So I don't know if I get the same health benefits. But someone, I think, yeah, you're probably killing all the all the living things die as soon as the alcohol right? goes in there. <laughs> right, right. But uh, yeah, someone had told me about that kombucha stuff, and I, um, it was tastier than I anticipated. I felt mm-hmm. frou frou drinking it, but you're saying that's actually like a needed thing. It's like the um, almost like the probiotic yogurts. It's helping us out in the same way. They don't call it the elixir of longevity for nothing. So <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, if you like, if, if I reckon like people, if they wake up in the morning and have any nausea whatsoever, um, the good way to get rid of that over the long term is to always have a kombucha ready to go and just take a little sip and you'll see how quickly that just evaporates. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, and then, you know, when you're eating a heavy meal, especially when you're eating a heavy meal, it doesn't have to be kombucha, eat, you know, have pickles or have, uh, fermented cab have kimchi whatever it is but make sure you're adding some sort of something that's alive into your diet uh and that you know you know have meat and vegetables and have you know some pickled onions which are delicious by the way that you know douse your uh your your steak and some pickled onions and watch your taste buds go on a ride and then your your stomach is that whole digestion process is going to be so much more comfortable so much smoother and you're, yeah, it's just your life will be better basically from the probiotics. Dude, I just, and I don't know why, but I just thought of the people going to the, um, like Lowe's and they're trying to clean out their septic system and they flush that shit down their toilet that is like those microbes that winds up like eating all the mm-hmm. shit, right? And they're like, whatever, mm-hmm. it releases the gas. But that, I have never thought about eating something that's alive to help me digest, but that's, it, it just makes so much sense. Like that. There's a good book. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was, I, I was, I don't know what I was thinking cause I hadn't thought about it before, but it's just such a simple way to help you enjoy some foods and actually help your body. I would think. Yeah. There's a good book called, uh, I believe it's called we are multitudes. 
Um, and it's just the whole thing is it's the Maslow's hierarchy of needs of your body. You know, your cellular, like you are made up of trillions and trillions of different cells and all those cells have certain requirements, nutritionally speaking. And that's why, you know, I do supplements and all sorts of other things to satisfy all of those needs of those, all those little guys need what they need. And I got to make sure they have their needs taken care of so I can focus. I can, all my energy is focused on my prefrontal cortex. It's my frontal lobes, you know, trying to get as much critical thinking and learning done as possible. Um, because I have, you know, when you're younger, you're able to, uh, according to, you know, the science, I'm not sure, but you know, the whole thing is, is inject my mind with as much, you know, practical practicable data into my brain as possible and then be able to act them out and have as much time as possible to crystallize the stuff that works to be able to be as competent and uh and as prosperous as i possibly can be and make the world a better place in the process be symbiotic in the process uh, and hopefully spread that symbiosis like a virus i i mean kids are flexible for a reason when they come out right like i mean it's the whole right. point and the mind growing that way, you should be. You should be flexible and just throw as much shit as you can at it and see what sticks. And all they do is try and throw barriers and fences up into your distractions, intellect, no. and your cognition. Yeah, man, it's not good. No, I, um, I, I agree with you, dude. I, I'm just picturing you at 16. Like, how country is it out there where you got nothing better to do, to do than dig up your yard at 16? Oh, well, no, it was, I wasn't out in the country when I was 16. Uh, I was in the suburbs, but, <laughs> okay. oh, really? but, uh, yeah, I just, you can't, I mean, I forget the guy's name. God dang it. Uh, it, there's a good, uh, I forget his name, but there, he did his whole shtick was the rat experiment with the high density living. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh, there's a good, he's, uh, I've only watched one of his videos and it, it's the down the rabbit hole uh youtube and i just watched the one on the rat experiment that was a really good uh you know 20 25 minute overview of what all went on but if, when you watch that you'll notice that the social behaviors in those experiments are exactly what we're seeing in high density population and human centers now and well, were they just aggressive so like were they aggressive in snatching the other rats purses okay so in a nutshell uh the, the rats were given all, they, everything was given to them. So they didn't have anything else to worry about other than social status. There was a few alpha males that had harems of women. And there was uh, a lot of beta right mice rats that would let the alpha males mount them basically to be able to be a part of those, uh, <laughs> in groups. There was uh, certain, and I would consider myself one of these, and I, I don't want to, that's actually, well, I'll, I'll explain it first. There were these <laughs> mice that would uh, isolate themselves from all of that and just focus on taking care of themselves and grooming themselves, and they called those the quote-unquote beautiful ones. Uh, that's why I'm like, I'm not going to say I'm like a beautiful one, but I am one of those types that removed myself and focused on my well-being and my prosperity and building a strong foundation, and that's like way you know higher intellect than what a, a rat was doing in so that experiment if if they would have been called the handsome ones would you be more accepting of the title 
why not? Sure. <laughs> uh, but the point is, is in those experiments, in a nutshell, what, what we see, and then there's a, and I'm pretty sure, I forget where it came from, which, uh, who did the research on a survey, like one in six uh, Zoomers, and that's just a few years behind me. Like I have an assistant and that's a whole other situation. But, uh, you know, he, you know, he's only a few years younger than me. And one in six people in his generation identifies LGBTQ, whatever. Yeah. And that's not something like you would sit there and go have a rationalization for that. You know, if not a moral one, if you're an atheist, have an evolutionary one. There's no evolutionary justification for what is that? 15 percent of a entire yeah, breeding well, population. It would, it would round up to 17 percent. And I think I've never read the studies. I think there's been like penguins and dolphins, but. It's it, yeah. I, I don't know. We've been getting philosophical as fuck <laughs> lately, but you're right. Like evolutionary, if you just boil it down to your body's purpose for sex is reproduction to keep your genes being to be spread, it makes no sense. That's just, and that's yeah. It's not like a. I'm not you know no castigation. It's just that's if you we're gonna use our logic and reason. What is the lot like? You gotta you gotta convince me, and I haven't been convinced. And yeah. that, anyways, that's just in that experience. If you watch that, it's just twenty twenty five minutes, uh, or just you know Wikipedia it. Basically, you'll kind of see what I'm talking about, and it's what we see all around us now. Oh, but and that's so part of the government stuff, giving the handouts and all that. You bringing up the LGBTQ, and I always fuck that acronym up. I thought I wrote it down properly. Um, sure. But what did that have to do with the rat experiment? Like none of the rats turned that way. A lot of the so a lot of the right. male rats who were not so essentially there was and we see this in like uh, now where in human beings it's the it's called hypergamy basically and you saw that in the rat experiment where the you know say the top ten percent of of rats male rats got say ninety percent of the female rats. And the other bottom, say, 80%, 90% of male rats were low value. And therefore, there's the social dynamics oh. changed because there are – like the, the demi-urge, the sexual urge is the, most, is the strongest fundamental urge I think there is in creation, in biological creation. Yeah, is well, the urge – that urge. Uh, there's a lot of power behind that urge. It can overcome all of your senses essentially. It's a driving uh, force, yeah. So the point, yeah, and that's the point is the, the social dynamics change to, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say satisfy that, that behavior, but, uh, I would say to mitigate the discrepancies in the environment <laughs> to clear your mind. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure, but it's essentially like that's a fundamentally unsustainable system. Yeah. And it, it, I forget exactly, but I'm pretty sure those populations ended up plateauing and collapsing. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, dude, I forget. I want to hear, I want to say, I heard that somewhere where that's the last level. It's, it had to be on like a Joe Rogan podcast or some, some spinoff, like maybe like a Lex Friedman podcast, but where the last level of societies that are successful before they collapse is this sexual gratification in weird ways where you get beyond just biological reproduction. 
<laughs> and right. when you think about it, it's like, well, yeah, man, because if Maslow's hierarchy, if I got nothing else to fucking worry about, I'm just curious about things. And I get to get introspective and I don't have to, my mind gets to drift and I don't have to worry about the consequences. Like I'm not out there hunting so that I can stay healthy so that I can have offspring and protect them. It's like, no, nah, man, I'm fine. Let me just see what happens. Let me see what this feels like. And it's an interesting point. I, I haven't read about Rome and any, anything like that. I've seen it, whatever, produced in movies. And it, it, it seems like the debauchery aspect of it is, is huge. Yeah. I mean, we're on a fallen state, so it's, it's easy to, to it's, succumb to that. And it's important to, you know, have a, a, a righteous moral compass and be accountable to yourself. And when everyone around you is not accountable to their themselves, it's easy for you to go, well, this is fine. No, it's not. Yeah. And well, that's kind of, yeah. No. Do you ever read um, Malcolm Gladwell? I have not. Okay. So that, that'd be another guy, man, that I think you'd really be into because he really analyzes, um, social dynamics in search for truth. He doesn't have a, um, it doesn't seem like he has an opinion or a bias that he's trying to get out. He just tries to understand the why things happen. And there was one thing he had called one book called tipping point, which is basically, well, I guess what it says, like when does something tip over that edge and become like a pandemic and he gets into suicide and suicide was one of these things. Like he had a study on an Island where one person killed themselves and then three people killed themselves such and such later. And then 12 people killed themselves such and such later. And then now 25 people killed themselves such and such later. And it spreads. Once that idea gets out there, once it's perceived as acceptable, it's mm -hmm. acceptable. And you allow it into your mind. You, you, you go maybe, I don't know if you have the urge is the right word, but you, you think about it and you're like, maybe I act on it. Maybe I do this. And that's definitely a thing where once something, whatever that is, is brought to light where it is acceptable. It's almost like the Eminem thing I was talking about earlier. You see a white boy rapping, you're like, oh shit, a white boy can rap and he can sound good. I can be a white boy that sure. raps and sounds good. <laughs> and you well, start, definitely. You start that's like a it. good benign example of that for sure, 100%. Yeah. No, man, I, I really think you would like the Malcolm Gladwell guy. I'm, um, I'm a little yeah, surprised. Check him out. All right, man. Well, let's do this, my friend, since you have a farm and I actually have to work tomorrow, Josh. Let's sure. go. And I'm going to assume that you don't know how my podcasts end. Now. Yes. No, I do not. All right. Only three people have, and you are the 89th guest. So do not feel bad. Okay. All right. Get ready to tell a story about yourself which seemingly you've been reluctant, a little reluctant to do. Can I get your best first for last? We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile. What is that? Say that again. <laughs> Everyone says that, dude. I love it. So it's <laughs> me being clever and hopefully trying to be a capitalist and get it sponsored. Best okay. first which is like a first experience Okay. for the last, as in last thing we'll get to know about you on the getting to know you pod. 
Oh, that is witty. Ah, Thank ah, you. Appreciate that. Worse. Feel free to sponsor it, my friend. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see. Take a moment. I, I mean, if there's a shit ton of dead time, I can always edit it out. But I think it's really cool when you get to know people. It's I always enjoy getting to know more about the first time people went through something. Because I think that's what makes people people going through things. Yeah, the best first, I guess, man, I would say making the decisions to step, the best first experience was, I guess, making the concrete decision to step back. I don't know how else to describe it, to go off and, and focus on myself instead of living for others. That was such a liberating uh, feeling, and it didn't happen like instantaneously, but it's a it's gratitude and and gratefulness that builds over time because you know you're on the right path you know you you strayed but then you you know you diverted right back and that that that's a great that's a great first people that experience that uh and i think a lot of people do experience that it's great liberating feeling and they feel powerful and they they have control at least some control of their fate uh and that's 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 kick-ass what so. was, so I want a little story, man. Like what was one of the decisions when that got into your head, you were like, whatever, buying the farm, buying your first cow, right? Growing the first plant or sipping your first kombucha. Like when did you start realizing or feeling like, right? When I decided to, I guess, like I, I, when I stepped back, I, I literally had to build the place that I lived in while I was, I did a lot of reclaim lumber. So I'd tear down old, old structures, abandoned structures and build furniture out of them. And, uh, I just said, fuck it. I'm going to, I can do this. Uh, it's hard, it's really hard to do, but it was, it was a, I had to test myself. And so that was the, that's what, and it was just getting out of toxic environments living environments and being around folks that uh at one point they were beneficial but then you know as time passes things change and uh certain behaviors can become toxic and especially people you know especially people utilizing uh drugs and and antidepressants and uh uh barbiturates and xanax is not a barbiturate but that's the one that's that's really a, a doozy for a lot of folks, um, but getting away from all of those types of environments and uh, challenging myself and putting, you need to like put yourself through a little austerity. We have a lot of material prosperity um, and the benefit of putting yourself through a little austerity is, you know, you, you've, you're surrounded by material prosperity. So you can go, always go to the store, right? Yeah. And get quality food. So but you're living in, I was living in 240 square foot with no electricity for one summer. That was the first summer I did it. It, it sucked, but it, man, that, that liberated me fundamentally. And, uh, that's, I guess that was the best. I, that's really, I can't, there's no other things that impact me more than, uh, being able to liberate yourself from, dependent you know, it's i'm not 100 percent liberated from dependency per se but it's simply uh dependency on others i'm dependent upon myself uh I, you know my 
and that's that's important all of us are so we that is the truth like you you depend on yourself for all things and if you put your faith in others humans idols they will always fail you because everyone everyone is driven by their own you know needs and wants and all of these things and you can always be conscious of it but if someone puts you on this pedestal you always fail them uh and maybe not to maybe you know non-nefariously but still and it's really liberating to know that you know you are that power you're that powerful if they can do it you can do it that mentality is so liberating uh you sound yeah no sorry man i mean to cut you off and um for people listening if anybody's listening this late like we don't have audio or video so it's very hard to read like the body language to interject um (laughs) you sound so fucking texas like stereotypical, what people would think of Texas is like bootstraps, pull myself up kind of a thing. Dude, did I hear you right? Like you built your own house on reclaimed lumber or am I, did I mess something up? It was a shack. It was a shack. And that's the, that's the 240 square feet of no electricity. It was no electricity for a summer. Then we got a power pole in there. Uh, I, I think it was that August, September. And yeah, I lived there for uh, six years. All right, man. Dude, you've got to – like this is what I'm talking about, man. I've, I I don't know if I fucking met anyone ever. Like I'm doing the square footage in my head and 6 by 10 – jail cell is 60 square feet right so if you're like a 30 by 10 no it was 20 by 12 yeah right that's what it was 20 long by 12 wide yeah dude jesus christ that's a fucking garage man (laughs) right like that's a single car garage sure yeah i I got me you know me and my me and my pit bulls that's how we live for a while man it was you know it's austerity but I, I, you know, I did all sorts of stuff. I had a good time. Like that, that's, that really was important to do that. Uh, Why was it so important though? We're like, so I, and also part of what you were saying when you're mentioning, I, I just wrote it down as like pill poppers, but like, were you around these temptations of people getting like pill addicted or getting into these kind of drugs where you were like, man, fuck that. I'm going to go get natural, oh, get organic. I, what I, it was, it was just what I, what I saw was, uh, how empty people were that I was friends with at one time, uh, how empty they became. There were people with such depth that became so shallow because they were dealing with the internal strife, of course. Um, but they were, they were using these, these devastating crutches. Um, yeah, and I think part of it, frankly, has to do with as your brain matures. You like that's especially in the college days, people and it change. It's different for everyone, but I think there's a fundamental point in time when you realize your own mortality fundamentally, internally. You understand that you have a limited time on this planet, and that really rattles people too. Like there's a lot of different points in time in people's lives that can really fundamentally shake your foundations. Yeah, midlife crisis, right? Typical midlife crisis. Absolutely. Sure. And, uh, and that anyway, so I, I, part of that is, I think is that's part of, there's a lot of different factors, but I think part of it is that it's a way to cope. Uh, and I just saw, you know, bright lights become dim so quickly and suddenly, and then making, you know, excuses for 
taking these things. I'm like, I, I can, I know you, and this is not, anyways, that's just not the way that you, this is not the way to tackle this problem. There are so many other, you know, God has given us so many herbs and plants on this planet to help us function and cope and survive and help us be better, not be dependent. Because if you're dependent on something, you're a slave to it. And you, and if you are in essence, idol worshiping it, and it will always disappoint you because it always goes away. You're chasing the dragon. Basically. It doesn't matter if it's heroin or whatever. Um, yeah, it, 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 at the end of the day, it's it's it comes down to biblical principles. It, you're you do not, you know. There's, you know, alcohol culture, cannabis culture, whatever culture. It's like that is not the right way to look at these things. These are, you know, I'm not going to say they're all tools. I'm not saying I'm not going to say alcohol, refined alcohol, is a tool by any means or stress of the imagination. But herbs and plants of this planet uh, and fermented, you know. Uh, grains are they can become they can be helpful to you and help or hurt you and it's important to have discernment and have the discipline to know and understand your own body and understand what's best for you and a lot of people kind of don't even bother doing that they're just leaning on these crutches that are devastating them putting their fate in other people's hands who are equally or even more clueless than them and then fill their heads with these really messed up ideas that don't marry up with reality. Yeah. And it just, it's anyways, it's just harmful at the end of the day. Well, no, yeah. Cause I mean, the, the misery wants company. And if I'm, if I'm doing my math right, man, so this realization you're, and you feel free to correct whatever wording I say, cause I'm not trying to um, shit on anybody or um, put words in your mouth in any way. There's my caveat, but sure. you're 22 years old around people dealing with addiction issues you're a jock and i'm assuming these are people you've grown up with and you basically have to turn your back on some of your boys to be like dude i'm not trying to fucking live that life y'all are lame i'm gonna go live in a garage without power and be stank <laughs> as fuck that's better than I you was, i would say well it wasn't folks i grew up with per se but it was uh it was me attempting to build a you know put my basically put my ideology to work and, and build like a family uh, type relationship with uh guys that we, we became very close but then it was the all these other circumstances that came into play that really ruined everything and uh the the drugs was a big part of it and uh yeah well it, yeah it wasn't folks i grew up with but it was it was a it was a type of thing where you know it was putting my ideology to the test, and I learned that my foundational principles were fundamentally wrong because my belief of fundamental human nature was wrong, and that's just yeah, that's just the truth of the matter. What do you mean uh, your belief just, of fundamental human nature was wrong? Human beings are are not fundamentally good. That is not a truth. Human oh, beings are fundamentally but... self-interested. Okay, that's that's more of a truth, and I, and and that's not putting a moral uh, value to it. Uh, but ultimately, being fundamentally self-interested and not being conscious of that is, in a way, that's where our evil comes from in human nature. And that, and and people can do it consciously or unconsciously, and doing drugs damages everyone around you not just you because you ruin those you know, 
human relationships are very important. I'm, we are social beings. Yeah. Uh, and isolation is a killer. Dude, so, so speaking of the rats, you know that's how they did the whole rat addiction heroin experiment? Had Have you researched that? No, no I'm not familiar with that. Oh, shit, dude. So you know the whole like drugs are addicting is based on rats, right? Like you give them water and you put some heroin in other water and the rat always goes to the heroin and the rat always wants heroin and heroin's addicting. Can okay. You, yeah. All right. So that was like one of the war on drugs films. Well, those rats were based in isolation. So they were left in a cage alone and they kept going to the drug. Now they did the same experiment years later, but they gave the rats a society, not the one you were talking about with like density, but they gave them toys and they gave them other rats and they never fucking did the drugs. They always chose water <laughs> and they chose a healthy lifestyle. And that never came out because whatever conspiracy theorist, you got money for this war on drugs. It's a big thing, blah, blah, blah. But mm -hmm. it's getting to your point of, People need people. People want that social interaction. And it's weird that we can go down these holes of I become addicted and I become so self-seeking and it, it snowballs, man. It ruins people because they feel like shit doing it, but yet they do it. Yep. Um, I'm sorry, exactly. man. When, when you had brought up the one rat experiment, I, uh, when you brought that up about being social, my mind went to the second rat experiment that I've ever heard of. <laughs> there you go it's it's true though that's just it's the truth of the matter and that's that's it at the end of the day is, is more people can internalize these things as truth the world would be a much better place god josh well you are clearly a man who i don't know you like like is it opining or philosophizing but you like like giving out them thoughts man more so than your stories I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying that's bad. I like it because I enjoy hearing how people think. But I was hoping to learn a little more. Dude, I'm going through your Instagram and it'll be in the links and whatnot. People can check it out. It seems like you are doing some cool shit on this farm, man. I was hoping you had more stories about like you saving some pregnant cow by giving birth and you're fucking elbow <laughs> deep into whatever. You know, like that's where my mind thought this was going to go, which I was totally unprepared for. But I love the philosophical um, spin. I love the philosophical thoughts to it, man. It was super enjoyable. I appreciate Yeah, I appreciate that. It's just uh, individually, it's not, I'm not, it's not important. Like if I'm going to go on someone's podcast, I'm not important. It's the truth. It's the message uh, because there were, we are in dire straits. As a, as a as a humanity we are in dire straits and 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 we're seeing that and as 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 people's quality of life deteriorates and it's the truth matters the most and yeah you, like I, that's the thing is I'm, i don't i don't put a lot of value like i put value on you know those past experiences that brought me to understanding you know things and seeking the truth and things like that and that's all is is just uh i i put way so much value in just the truth and uh, and me as an individual is is more or less irrelevant insofar as it's just I'm the, I want to whatever any time that I have this type of platform to be able to speak and other people hear me that I've never met or spoken to before is just to express these basic fundamental truths that we can you know through the examples you brought up through this conversation that 
you can you can reach out and, and pull these biblical references of, in this in a sense of idol worship into all these things that we see in reality today and how destructive it is and how people in those times and even prior to that knew these things as truth and it's been the struggle of you know all human humanity for all time essentially uh and yeah and that's that's it this is the the landscape that we are a part of so dude that's like i forget it's not a noose what's the it's not an anchor there's a biblical word i wanted to throw in there um God, now I'm tongue-tied. It's been so long since I broke down that story. But basically, Jesus was like, I'd rather you tie a blank around my neck and throw me into the water. And it wasn't an anchor. It wasn't a noose. Then have me lead a sheep astray. And it wasn't a sheep astray. So I'm doing a shit job of uh, breaking it down. But it it feels like you have such a weight and a passion for this, man, that it's – at a young age. And I guess that's why I'm thinking like preacher, like for you, it's, it's a weird uh, juxtaposition that you're looking at your, um, Instagram and just thinking, Oh dude, we're going to talk about animals and we're going to talk about how he's super organic and fucking this egg contraption machine. And maybe we'll talk about an injury. And it was like, nah, man, you really feel a purpose in trying to spread this word of people empowerment. And, um, getting back to seems like biblical norms, which is awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad that you're finding purpose in doing this shit. I, this is why I love doing the podcast. Cause I love coming across people like you who are just passionate um, in life and passionate about helping others. It's awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you reaching out. Uh, it was great to uh, be able to speak with you and express these things and, and have it be recorded and, there for the world, man. That's 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 the best. <laughs> At least our world, right? We don't know how much of the world, but our world. <laughs> we'll sure. <get> it. <laughs> sure. I, no, you never know. You never know, man. You never know. Dude, that's so true. Well, Josh, man, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for uh, letting people get to know you and um, enjoy your farm tomorrow, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And you have yourself a good evening. I will. I already have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean. You, good night, partner. Yeah, man. And I've now become an expert on the subject I like most. Getting to know Big thanks to all six foot four, two hundred and forty pounds of Josh for coming on the Getting to Know You pod and being bold and conversating about his beliefs and for letting all of us to get to know just a little bit about him. Josh, if you're still on, I wish you would have given us some more stories, but I appreciate the insight, my friend. Thanks to AndrePsyche.com for sponsoring the Getting to Know You pod. Please, listeners, go to AndrePsyche.com for some trippy-ass merch that's worth checking out. And if you have not already, and you've made it this far, Please friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The word of the pod, don't know how to spell it, is naivety. Naivety is the word of the pod, although I feel like I could have chosen 20 others based on our conversation. (laughs) Post naivety on any of our, the Getting to Know You pod, social media, or tag the pod when you use it on your social media to get a shout out on the very next podcast. Please don't forget.
Subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. You can also go to our Patreon to support the podcast for as little as $2 a month if you've enjoyed getting to know any of our guests. And finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. How do you do it? Just message us on any of the aforementioned, ooh, maybe that'll be a word of the pod, aforementioned social media platforms. Later, Gators.